Hello, everybody. Welcome in once again. This is episode 12 of the Puro Caballero Show. It's nothing but Caballero all day, every day. And this is, like I said, episode uh, episode 12 here. This is um, Tuesday, March the 20th. And this is your host, Mario Caballero. You can follow me at Puro Caballero. On Instagram and Twitter, that would be P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O, para los que no me entienden. And I'm joined here with one of my good friends, uh, known him for a while, um, homie Miguel. Introduce yourself. Yeah, Miguel Talavera, Peruvian, went to college with this guy, you mm-hmm. know. Go Lions. Yeah. Go Lions. Go Lions. <laughs> yeah. Don't really know too much about their sports these days, but go Lions. Hey, me neither. <laughs> As some dude who used to be like the main sports commentator at the school. <laughs> like, that just shows you how my lack of interest in college sports has dropped off. But especially after, like, uh, I stopped knowing some of the guys that were playing, it was hard for me to, like, want to, like, know and pay attention to it. I mean, like, have they even made the NCAA tournament, like, ever? <laughs> Well, like, yeah, it's been it's been a while. It's been since like we were born, pretty much. Yeah. Like early '90s, I think was the last time they made it. So yeah, um, not much, not much interest, not much interest to follow LMU sports mm-hmm. these days. Their baseball team had some good seasons, um, but baseball is not one of the, my top favorite things to follow. And if I'm gonna follow it, it's gonna be the pros. So. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> LA Dodgers all day, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to poo-poo that one. Go say go Giants. <laughs> edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> nah, we keeping it in. This is <laughs> uncut, unfiltered right here. Oh, man. Um, yeah, man. Uh, we are just talking a little bit earlier, though, um, before the podcast, and just uh, talking about this weekend and what was going on in our lives. And It was uh, St. Patty's Day Saint on, Patty's on day. Saturday. So uh, that was an interesting, interesting day for sure for me. Um, yeah, I guess one thing that kind of was funny and like interesting to me, the one thing that I kind of like noticed, it's like I think the drunk and like um, just in in groups like that version of white people, I think is like my favorite version of white people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I totally just, get what you mean. Just yeah. drunk and happy, not giving a damn. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like I was at this bar in Long Beach, and like there's these group of white folk, and then like all of a sudden the DJ started playing um, Blink 182, all the small things. <laughs> Everybody, like I'm not gonna lie, even I was getting that song because that song is a classic. Right. Everybody can sing along to that song, so that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> But like, like the tone completely shifted. Like everybody was, it was like karaoke night. Yeah. In Long Beach. It's hilarious. Oh man, what bar were you at though? Uh, I think I was at Panama Joe's. Panama Joe's. Yeah, Panama is, Joe's. Is that one downtown? Yeah, it's uh second. It's on Second Street. Okay. So, I'm still trying to learn Long Beach a little bit. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, I've I've been to Long Beach this past couple of years so many times, but. Still feel like I don't know it that well. <laughs> I just go out there to pay my rent sometimes. <laughs> and like to go out every once in a while with yeah, fr- friends over there. There's lots to do out there, that's for sure. That's yeah, for sure. definitely. I was like considering moving out there when I first like uh, got this job that I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's in the South Bay. And the commute to uh, Long Beach and to my work was like, it was it would have been doable, but I couldn't find anything kind of like what 
I was looking for, mm-hmm. my price range and like uh, the neighborhood and all that stuff. And uh, so yeah, found this spot here. It's been it's been nice, but uh, yeah, Long Beach is like a different like world altogether than like normal LA itself. Oh. It's like um, it's funny as. <laughs> Like, L.A. itself has its own, like, pockets of communities, but Long Beach is, like, the same way itself, oh, too, yeah. right? Yeah, like, there's the whole, like, uh, Vietnamese population over there. Right. There's Latinos, obviously. Right. And you got, like, a little pocket of, like, rich rich folk in Signal Hill. Signal Hill, yep. Yeah, like, they're surrounded by Long Beach, but still, they're, like, their own little island. <laughs> sheltered from everybody else. It's crazy. It's funny how that is. Like, a lot of the uh, L.A. neighborhoods are, like... The way that they're designed or the way they've been changed over time it's just i find all that stuff like real fascinating and interesting of like what the tradition of the history was mm-hmm. it's like uh who were the people who lived over here before like oh one like a couple weekends ago oh, yeah. i was walking around like um um like san pedro area by the beach okay and there was uh like uh i think like a conservatory or some shit there was like something out there and there was like a, a walking path that had like a lot of like uh um, you know, little history blurbs or whatever. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. And I was like reading some of them, and apparently there was like a huge Chinese fishing community that used to live out there. Really? Uh, yeah. And a lot of the homes, like you could still see some of the um, the foundations for some of them. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And they were saying, I think it was like Japanese or Chinese community. I think it was probably Chinese because they mentioned that obviously World War Two fucked them over. Uh, well, it fucked over the Chinese and the Japanese. Right, Chinese and Japanese, true, true. Yeah. So there was a lot of uh, issues with the internment camps and all that stuff. So a lot of people, they lost that uh, um, connection, I guess. Because there was like a big Asian community that lived out there. Mm-hmm. And there was like photos and pictures of like buildings that were, uh, that no longer exist. And there was like a huge communal pool or like in the summertime. And these people had like their own traditions and stuff like that. And there was like little small things I was just reading about. And I was like, oh shit. You would have no idea, like, just going over to that, like, part of town now. You see everybody, like, on the weekends uh, walking their dogs or, you know, going for a jog or, um, you know, chilling on the beach, drinking some beer, with the, <laughs> sitting in the Lolo's, yeah. you know. Um, which I saw some of that, too. And um, you got your uh, good old boys in the big old pickup trucks, too, yeah, um, chilling crazy, out. Like, Everyone drinking beer. and it's like Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> if you think about it. Like, 50 years ago, like, that landscape was completely different. Like, there's that one lookout point that, uh, in Rancho PV that overlooks, mm-hmm. like, all of Torrance. Mm-hmm. And, like, that used to be my go-to smoke spot back in the day because, like, it's pretty nice out. Like, late at night, you see all the lights. Right. But, like, I was thinking, like, if this was, like, 50 years ago, this would probably be, like, more of a make-out point because it kind of has, like, a dirt road, like, where you can park your car. Mm-hmm. But it's now, like, all, like, sectioned off. But I was, like, thinking, like, back then, that could probably be, like, somewhere, like, where you see in those classical movies where, like, people park their car and, like, make out and shit. Yeah. And it's, like, that's how it would be back then. But nowadays, it's some complete, something completely different now. It's Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's uh like, one thing that I always, like, or that I think I said on one of the other shows, too. It's, it's like, the only constant you ever have is change. Like, yeah. everything's always going to be moving and always going to be, like, uh uh adapting and things the way they are now is not how that's going to be like forever so the people who are able to survive are the people who are be able to be flexible and like be able to do stuff and um 
It was crazy. I was also uh, listening to one of Joe Rogan's podcasts. Shout out to to Joe. I need you on my show. Yeah, you <laughs> need me job. on your show too. More importantly, that was something. That was something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man, that's almost speaking into existence, Levar Ball style. Cause it's gonna it's gonna happen at some point. It's gonna uh, be a big baller. Yo, dude, I just gotta like step it up and get on this fool's radar somehow. <laughs> uh, it's um, no, we'll put in the work. It'll happen. Might be JRE episode two thousand and five hundred, but like uh, I think it'll it'll happen eventually. Um, but yeah, I was listening to one of his shows and he was talking to a couple guys and they were talking about how, uh, the whole Boyle Heights situation mm. and that scenario, how that's going on right now. The gentrification of Boyle Heights. Yeah. yeah. And they were obviously, they were coming more from the perspective, like him and his guests. Um, mm-hmm. he had like two, I think comedians that are, they tend to skew a little bit more, um, uh, conservative doesn't seem like it's the right word. Um, they don't play the PC game, I would say. Okay. And they they've had like issues and troubles like with like Twitter and shit like that. I think one of the guys' name was like, I, I can fucking look it up. Well, <laughs> Let's look I, it up. What the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> Let's look we it got up. technology. I got this big ass iPad right in front of me. Um, what am I doing? I'm just going on my fucking phone. <laughs> what like the that, fuck am I it's doing? Like that one commercial with Common or whatever. Didn't, didn't he have a commercial? It was like, like uh, we have all this technology at our fingertips. It's up to us to use it. Yeah, seriously though. Yeah, okay. So it's Owen Benjamin and Kurt Metzger. Okay. They're uh, yeah. So they were on his show, and I was watching some clips of it. Uh, they were on yesterday, um, the nineteenth, and. Yeah, they were talking about Boy Heights and the whole scenario, and they were kind of pres- pre- coming from the perspective of like, man, this is kind of like stupid for uh, communities to like hold on to something when uh, you know things are always going to change. But it's like I could see both sides of this argument, though. It's like a very tricky subject because of uh, what Boyle Heights is and like the tradition and what what it means to like the the Chicano community oh, yeah. in, in the U.S. Uh, not even just in L.A. because like that's like what Mariachi Plaza right there, and that's like the birthplace where like a lot of the mariachis uh began in america and that tradition is carried along through states through internationally you see mariachis in other countries now too um so it's it's uh so there's a cultural like uh oh my god that guy just tried to duck on (laughs) yeah failed we got a foul call you gotta gotta give him credit for the effort (laughs) give give him some free throws but um yeah it's like uh Culturally significant location, yeah. You're right. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I know there was a whole scenario with uh, one of the um, property owners bought like one of the main apartment complexes where a lot of the mariachis live. Oh. Okay. And they he completely um, like he did some remodeling, puts these little like artsy little uh, plants up and stuff like that, and renames the place. And then ups the fucking rent. Ups the rent, and then tried to kick out some mariachis, but the local community, like, stood up and actually uh, forced, like, the city to pass an ordinance where he couldn't, like, raise the rent on them by a certain amount or something like Mm. that. So there was something recently where it was, like, almost like the mariachis, like, won this, like, you know, part of the, the... scenario or the, the battle that they were going in but i was just like uh i thought it was like interesting though because it's like um it's it's the sense because like the people in Boyle heights they've seen what's happened in the other parts of town so they yeah. know what what's what's gonna um 
you know, where, where the, the route leads. You know oh. how, how it starts off initially and then how slowly, slowly builds into something else. Just look at the uh, Arts District as a perfect example. Right. Like, that started out as, like, a, like just a bohemian place for, like, struggling artists to just mm-hmm. get together, create art, and just do shit, like, do shit how they want. And now it's probably one of the go-to spots for, like, any people, anybody visiting downtown LA. True. Everything's expensive there. There's so much to do out there. I mean... Bars. Yeah, bars. Like, I'm not gonna... I love going to the Arts District. There's, yeah. There's great food spots. There's right. great bars. Shout um, out to Worst Koosh. Worst Koosh. 82. Go-to spot mm-hmm. for some arcade. You got, uh... Yep. Yeah, you got the, uh... What is it? The Arts District Brewery. That Angel City, yeah. Angel City. Yeah, like, there's so much to do out there. And, like, before, like, 10 years ago, even, like, None of that was there. It was just... So different. I tell people, like, the eight years that I've been here in L.A., and that's not even that long of a time compared to, like, someone like you who's lived here longer than I have. It's like, it seems like almost night and day, certain communities, man. Oh, yeah. Like, um... It's crazy. Like, uh, SpaceX. Like, right. When I was when I was growing up, like, I would, I would sometimes go down that street, go down Crenshaw, and that... SpaceX wasn't there. It was fucking Northrop Grumman. Was it really? Yeah, it used to be uh, north of Grumman, and then, yeah, and then for a while it was, like, nothing, and then it was just empty lots, like, mm. that Magic Johnson Center wasn't even there, mm. and, yeah, I mean, over time, things get added, I mean, that's the only thing, yeah, you're right, it's the only thing that's constant is change. Yeah, man, because it's, like, downtown LA is completely different, where, like, Skid Row is now versus where it used to be, mm. I feel like the Koreatown has changed a lot, too, and I didn't even, like go about like in that area when i like was first here oh, yeah. until maybe the last like four years i've like kind of explored there oh yeah um, when, you to, when you moved there for a bit yeah, yeah. i lived there for a little bit and i had some friends that lived in the area and still do i have some friends that still live over there um but yeah koreatown's changed a bit and i've talked to people who've like uh locals who used to even live in koreatown had to move out because of the you know the rent increases mm-hmm. i was talking to, i got like uh uh my car broke down um, like last fall mm-hmm. and there was uh, one of the the guy that like picked me up the tow truck guy yeah. I was like sitting there just talking to him about it because I was getting dropped off over in K-Town and he was like yeah man like I used to live out here and we lived here for like forever but we had to move because the prices were getting up and all the um, people who were buying the properties were like all these like uh, Asians Koreans or whatever and so they buy the property and then just just your rinse and repeat. They would go, you know, take it, do some, you know, repair work and everything, and then raise the rent on people. And then eventually the people are dipping. And then what happens is like they could sell it to, or they can now rent it out to people who, um, who they choose. And sometimes those people are more Asian or white than they are brown necessarily. So. Yeah. Yeah, you get the, the, the people who move from that community, but then they got to go somewhere, right? Yeah. So it's like they go to, like, the Valley or the IE yeah. or um, the South Bay or wherever, man. Yeah, wherever you can find it. <laughs> like, that's, the, that's the other thing, like, with the whole housing issue. It's like there's just so there's so much limited space in L.A. because mm-hmm. L.A. in general, like, most of California decided to be a sprawled out center instead of right like, right instead of like new york city where everything's vertical i mean we want our space like that's mm-hmm. the beauty of living in la is having all that view i'm gonna get a water in a second <laughs> yeah go for it but, i mean yeah it's crazy like that's that's just one of the consequences of living in la it's just limited space yeah definitely it's something you gotta have to like just live with um hold on a second close this window 
that's something you gotta live with when you choose to live out here, man. It's just yeah. people gonna be next to you left and right. And uh, but yeah, New York is something else, man. There's people living on top of you, underneath of you, like that. Projects out there. That seems like a little bit more intense. Or like what was the projects is the same exact building is now like the fucking yuppie area oh, yeah. and like it's still the same rats that were living there but now you got to pay like twice as much or whatever they even, it is they even like make they even reference it like briefly in um captain america like yeah even captain america can't <laughs> afford to live in brooklyn anymore <laughs> yeah. he got priced out of his own neighborhood like oh yeah, man that's just how it is right it's true though it's true Oh man, yeah. I was like talking to some some of my friends and stuff like that, and they're, we're talking about Oakland. Is Oakland's way different now than it used to be, bro? Yeah, I got. I feel like I got a bunch of artsy people there now too, huh? Yeah, they're saying there's like white people walking dogs around Oakland nowadays yeah. and stuff like at night, and they're like, "What the fuck? Like nobody used to do that shit like ever. Like you you only went to Oakland if you want to buy drugs or get shot. Yeah, like twenty years ago, like, you wouldn't yeah. be doing that shit. You'd be afraid of the Black Panthers and shit. That'd be thirty years ago. Yeah, like forty now, right? It's like yeah. 40. Yeah, you're almost 30. Fuck, yeah, you're right. 40 years ago. That was the 70s, right? 70s, 80s, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they kind of fucked... The, the FBI and the government fucked over the Black Panthers yeah. a lot. They infiltrated them, and they got like people to um, spy on them and know exactly what they were doing, and they freaking just gutted them like, uh, so bad. There was a Netflix documentary that was really, really good. That talked a lot about that whole era. It's called like the Black Power mixtape. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it or. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's got like a picture of Angela Davis on the cover. Oh, okay. And what it was, it's like a picture of her looking down, uh, with her afro. Uh, I think she's wearing like a red sweater or something. That picture is just vivid. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the whole premise behind the documentary was it was like a group from I think like Sweden or somewhere in Europe. They were interested in like the. Um, you know, society in America and so they sent a documentary crew and they actually went out and they were talking to people with the Black Panthers and like they did this for years too so there's like a good stretch of footage and everything like that and it was it was pretty damn enlightening like some of the things that they're talking about because it's like okay yeah we def- I definitely learned about this or I definitely heard this but then you see like the actual people at the time and you see how they talk about things and sometimes it's a little bit different versus how we like think about it now and I think one of the craziest things that happened to me is like they were talking about how the Black Panthers went downhill right around the same time that the heroin epidemic started hitting America. Mm. So uh, they were talking to some of the drug dealers right when it, the epidemic like was really starting out, like uh, in the mid '70s. Okay. And um, they were uh, speaking on it, and w- I remember there was one interview in particular where they're talking to one of these guys. And he was uh, feeling like remorseful for, uh, you know, being a participant in like the the drug game and stuff like that. He's like, man, like I don't, um, yeah, like I know I'm probably doing bad for these people. I'm getting people hooked, and they, uh, um, you know, they end up don't, not doing anything with their lives and all this stuff. But shit, man, like uh, if the government wants me to do this shit, then like uh, you know, I figures, you know, why not? If the government wants to get me to make money, and so I was, I saw that. And it was like, hmm, makes you like wonder and think of like how the hell the whole apparatus for for like that situation came about because they don't create heroin in the hood. Like you gotta get the poppy seeds that are grown in Vietnam or some other countries and stuff like that for the, just to be able to do so. And I know it takes, Mar- a lot, takes a lot of experimentation to like find that out. Yeah, I mean exactly. Like 
like uh, what's that? That one fucking uh, Pineapple Express. Remember they joked about like mm-hmm. item nine, like marijuana, like first yeah. being discovered. Like, like I mean, I'm maybe not the same case with marijuana, but right. I mean, like, it's kind of the same thing. Like, <clears throat> like drug, like certain drugs like that, they don't come about like in the hood. Like crack, not even really. Like, mm-hmm. like that shit came about. Like people actually like researched it and like did studies on it beforehand, and then just got leaked out. Yeah. And you're definitely right. It's like uh, that stuff. It's, it doesn't get produced. It doesn't get like manufactured or like dis- it gets distributed once it's sent there. But there's got to be someone who like had that initial push and the initial intent for like reasoning or like why they want to do that. My conspiracy theory that I've kind of had over the years is I mm-hmm. feel like the U.S. government would have that definitely a big major hand and in, involved in. Uh, making sure that these uh, illegal narcotics were distributed in certain communities versus others. And so that way you create a scenario where you can overly police these people and it's like a new version of of, uh, control that is uh, like a modern-day slave trade, which a lot of people will like... uh, um, You know, recently uh, there's been a lot of documentaries come out about how like the whole uh, imprisonment of like black and brown people is like the same... So along that same lines, and mm-hmm. it's the drug trade is the is the mechanism for getting people into that. Oh yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've seen American Gangster. Have you seen that? The one with Russell Crowe and. Yeah, yeah. I Denzel. actually haven't seen that one. Oh man, so I feel kind of bad. Don't worry, I don't. You can spoil okay. it. Okay, all right. It. Yeah, it's been it's been a few years yeah. since it came out. It's it's fair play, fair play. So yeah, so it, you follow Frank Lucas and like the whole drug trade and everything, like the heroin business okay. in the seventies. And what you end up finding out at the end of the movie is that the way that he was bringing in the heroin, he was actually filling up a, American cat like caskets for like dead soldiers when they brought them along on the planes, on the military planes okay. back from Vietnam. They would just stuff them up with like heroin, and so they, uh, you know, obviously that doesn't get inspected or like checked in customs or anything like that because it's supposed to be a dead body yeah, inside of the respect casket. For the respect, dead. exactly. So. Um, he had like some connection within like the military where uh, he was able to get that package sent all the way to like New York City or wherever it was and then he was like one of the biggest drug kingpins like ever and there's a scene in the movie where he goes to Vietnam just solo by himself and he goes and he um, he meets one of his friends um, who's in the military there at the time and he kind of gives him the out he's like yo dude like it's real out here like you should come come out here and so he does that, and then um, that dude introduces him to like one of the major like producers, the pop, the poppy plants, and all that stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And then it gets going. And but I guess my main point was, as I was trying to say, is that you know even though that's a you know, piece of fiction and stuff like that, I feel like there's probably some reality and there's, truth to there's it. There's some truth to it. I mean, like I've yeah. seen that type of storyline like repeated so many times in different movies or or even like books. Like mm-hmm. it's just too much of a coincidence to think like, or right, maybe there's some truth to it. Like. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see that kind of thing happening all around the world. There was an article I was reading about like a, a couple years ago where it came out that one of the top aides for uh, Richard Nixon, hmm. um, also in the same time period, right, basically came out and explained how the war on drugs was exactly what we're talking about, a mechanism to get people who are black and brown under their control via the prison system. And so it was, they're able to over, over police certain areas and uh, apply the laws in the ways that they felt, uh, how they wanted to apply them, which was not fair and it's like not merit-based or anything like that. 
Um, so there's been a lot of people who've gotten like uh, short into the sticks for no fault of their own, like oh, yeah. for decades. And this shit is generational. It still happens yeah. today, man. Exactly. So you go from the heroin trade, and then eventually it led to the to the cocaine epidemic, which led to the crack epidemic. And then there's the whole AIDS scenario with like a lot of like the gay community got like swept up in. Um, and then even uh, nowadays we got the uh, the horrors of the opioid crisis and all that stuff too. Oh, yeah. And uh, you see like a lot of poor white folks now like are well, just the like, poor white folks are the one getting affected by it. Right, yeah. exactly. They they tend to be the majority of them. And uh, like meth has been a big problem in America too. And like. Coming from where I'm from, man, this like fucking meth heads like around the block from like when my where I grew up, pretty much. Yeah. And just like, you just gotta live with them. It's just right there, and so that's just the reality you see every day, going to school or wherever. Oh, yeah, like um, right by my work, there's a homeless lady who's, I'm fairly yeah, she's a she's a meth head. Like you can I can see it every day. Right. And yes, yeah, just the reality of how we live. I mean, like if you go up to Palmdale, like mm-hmm. it's fucking. Method Central up in Palmdale. Dude, I'm, I bet, man. I bet. Stockton's pretty bad. And uh, the smaller towns around Stockton are even worse, too. Yeah. So, um, it's it's unfortunate. And it is. It's uh, something that, like, it doesn't get enough attention that it should. You've got this stupid freaking Pinche uh, Payaso in, in office right now that, like, talks about, like, he says a million shit, but he doesn't do hardly anything. I'll talk. Yeah, um, he does do certain things, certain things I don't agree with, some some things I'm whatever about, but it's the talking and all that shit, cause like uh, that gets me like pissed off and like mad at certain times. But it's uh, what was I gonna say? Like lost my train of thought. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he's like talked about how he wanted to like uh, you know put a task special task force and like. It's gonna be a national crisis, and so we're gonna put. That's like a year ago, though. Exactly. Still nothing. Nothing. Not one thing. And I know. There's people dying. Like they they stopped that needle program, mm-hmm. the use needle program a while back because like it only helps promote further drug use, but like studies were showing showing that mm-hmm. it was helping them because like they were no longer using bad like they were no longer right. using needles. So even though people are getting high, there's less deaths. There's less deaths. Yeah, yeah. and like they even like couple months after that program stopped like just like more mm-hmm. more and more hospital and to like more and more hospital visits for methods and shit right and yeah i mean it's crazy yeah when i was in college i like uh that was basically one of my like basic basically thesis papers thesis uh, huh? uh statements was talking about the war on drugs and so like I've like went balls deep into this <laughs> shit for like a good like year to two years like just just research on the top depressing of researching right oh now. for sure it does yeah. and it was crazy is like i chose that topic for for um like my communication classes uh-huh. and then for my spanish classes i chose like the the war on drugs too like oh, okay. it's from mexico oh, okay. and so they kind of related to each other and like dog like that shit is like sad as fuck because uh it's like just reading about like the accounts of just people getting brutally murdered and murdered and murdered and then like nothing happened the cops are corrupt um the american police like intervention is corrupt too um you've got the um the the mexican government kind of siding with certain different um uh, cartel groups and so they'll go after their enemies which i think is what happened a lot when um the last president who was uh um 
uh, in office before uh, was it Pena Nieto's and now mm. I'm fucking blanking on his name mm-hmm. um, anyway uh, there was a there was a lot of uh, kind of rumors and, and inferences that people felt that way but at the same time it's like there's no freedom of press at all like the cartels basically own the newspapers or control them that's one of the reasons I don't want to visit Mexico because I'm I already yeah. look brown enough. Like I don't want to get confused. Like, hey, isn't that isn't that Ricardo? Like, yeah, <laughs> shit, I'm not Ricardo, man. I'm I'm just here visiting. All right, and like it makes me sad too because I, I like love the country and like because I've been there before yeah. and I've uh, I've been wanting for the last like 15 years to go back to like my grandparents' house mm. in Michoacan, um, which is uh, my grandma just went back like this last December uh-huh. with some of my aunts and uncles and I think a few of my cousins as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't had the chance to go back or I'd love to go back to Jalisco too well, on my, my mom's side of the family um, and do a whole trip like that. But yeah, you're right. It's like, um, I know I can take care of myself, but I know there's too many other crazies out there that yeah. like, they don't give a fuck. Like there's, there's people who just like have just no sense of conscience or like, um, they're just like raising that whole scenario and like that whole environment and it's rough and then it's like kind of the only way for them to survive is to like because they're just fighting fire with fire type thing and it's like everyone's everyone's dying everywhere yeah. and it's it's super complicated there's like territory that gets disputed and there's like political reasonings or so-and-so's cousin got caught by so-and-so and tortured and then you know, they have to retaliate even though they were friends and they had agreement before. So then their drug tra- trafficking, like, goes to halt or whatever. Or sometimes the, the government or the U.S., they'll go after and they take out the big Don or the Gapo at the top. And it's like freaking Medusa where you got all these other little snakes and, like, you create even more. Hydra. Like a Hydra, exactly. Yeah. Not Medusa. It's turning to stone. Uh, <laughs> you know which, which yeah. Greek mythology I was talking about. <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah. just wanted to clarify for the people listening. Exactly. This what we're all about. We're trying to be as correct as possible. But, uh, man, I'll be, like, listening to some people and they just, like, be saying, like, shit that I know is wrong on there. <laughs> and I just, like... It kind of irks me sometimes when they just like just don't like, like pause, yeah. Pause. Like, let, me, yeah. let me correct this information real quick. I listen to too many comedians though, so I just like half the time I'm just like uh, I don't know if you like intentionally meant to like fuck that up or like he just like doesn't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right though. It's like it's crazy, crazy scenario, shit. But I'm, I mean, yeah, I mean that's like why a lot of my family members like left Peru back in the day because mm-hmm. like there's a whole Sendero Luminoso like the and the terrorist group act back in like the mid 70s early 80s and mm-hmm. yeah man it got bad for a while like the jungles like where most of the cocaine is produced that's where like the base of operations was for mm-hmm. for the, the sendero luminoso and yeah I had, like a, I had like two cousins like that I never met because they disappeared during that time man and it's yeah like serious like it's, it's something that people in America don't like they take for granted just like their, their livelihoods yeah I mean like <laughs> It's crazy how fucked up like most of South America is, or even Central yes. America too. Like yes, there we like we're we're most of South America and Central America is still suffering from things that like past governments have done or past imperial <laughs> ships have done. Like yep, it's it's still a long road to recovery for most of those countries. Dude, I think the whole history of like the continent of the Americas is so fascinating to me, and it is like something that just people just don't really give a fuck about yeah like, like everybody studies like european history in high school like right about, 
Like, if you study South American history, you learn so much crazy shit. Right. There's been so much craziness that has happened there. And just, like, even if we rewind it back all the way back to, like, when motherfuckers crossed the Bering Strait, like, from Asia, like, just think about that fucking journey and, like, how crazy it was to just be, like, yeah, it's kind of cool over here. We're kind of, like, living and hurting, hurting these cattle and all this stuff. But uh, I wonder what the fuck's over here. I guess cross this ice bridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, we've never been over here, right? It's like, nope, nope, we haven't. It's like, all right, let's go fucking check it out. And then you got a group of people, and they went in. They get to, like, Oregon. Like, all right, let's keep going south. All right, we're down in Mexico. Oh, my ah, God. Let's keep going south. Oh, it's pretty nice out here in Central America. Right. Fuck it, let's keep going south. Yeah, keep going, keep going. Eventually, they get to, like, all the way down to the tip of Chile. Oh, oh nothing God. else here. All right, let's turn back. Seriously. Well, yeah. <laughs> I wonder, like, for real, though, I wonder how, like, that world even looked like because it's, it's like, a whole different amount of, like, species of animals and plants that even existed back then that, like, are, don't even... They don't exist, or they don't exist in the same way that they that they did then as they do now. Mm. So, um, I like I was listening to to Rogan's thing again, and it's like he's always he's brought it up multiple times about how um, the population of the herd of buffalo in the the continental United States, oh yeah, and how that's like super like varied and gone up and down like like crazy. So they're saying that like the the control of the herd was like maintained because there was a, a a natural predator in the Native American like tribes who would use you know the the buffalo meat and everything like that. So the population never got out of whack, and uh, there was like a, a balance, like a harmony there. It's kind of like uh, uh, what are they? What is it? What the hell is the, the term that I'm thinking of? It's um. Oh my god It's like when two Two things grow And eventually become They help each other Symbiotic Symbiotic relations Exactly Symbiotic. You got me dude You got me <laughs> Boom right there That's the vocabulary word of the day um, But yeah So they, they They have a symbiotic relationship And then they um, um, You know So They're kind of relying on each other And it's Everything's like You know Perfect right mm -hmm. And then you got the whole disease And the European settlers coming in which wiped out like so Everything. many people and then what the number one killer of like like north central and latin america pretty much yeah like the whole continent like a good majority of the people who live there just just flat gone within like generation you'd say something like that it was like something mass extinction that i don't think we may have never have ever seen since like the percentage wise like, yeah like, like just as just as bad as a black plague like because we like living in like south and like central or south america like we did we didn't even have like the common cold i think exactly like the flu wasn't even like a thing so yeah. there's there's no immune system yeah. you can't have an immune system to something you don't even know exists or you're not exactly. exposed to which is like crazy to think about how like there was a whole section of like humans who didn't get exposed to like certain things yeah, like that. Like, it's crazy to think like you can live your whole like somebody back then could have lived your whole life and never gotten the flu. I'm like fuck. Right. It's that's like in, kind of insane to think about. Um, but uh, yeah, just just the whole how that disease wiped them out, and then um, yeah, so he was, they were saying that like once the uh, the native population just declined massively that's when the herds of buffalo started going like just ginormous mm. and there'd be hundreds of buffaloes like stampeding across the plains and all this stuff like that okay and then eventually 
you get the white people who are like, all right, there's fucking buffaloes. There's just like fucking problems. So we got to come out and just murk all these fucking buffaloes because we don't, we don't have any problem. We don't have any use for them. So they weren't like, uh, utilitarian like how, or like they weren't, they didn't use. They weren't viewed as utilitarian. Yet. Right. I mean, they are, but white people didn't think so. <laughs> so they, um. Pretty much wiped them out. Yeah, exactly. And there's like pictures, like actual photos of like people who were like standing on top of but like a mountain. So yeah, like a big ass hill of just yeah. dead buffalo. Yeah, buffalo, all the bones of the skeletons and everything like that. Yeah. And it's just like, man, that's so crazy. It's pretty insane. But uh, yeah, just the the way that the wildlife and everything just adapted or how it just existed, it's just it's never gonna be exactly the same how it was. So there's so much I feel like that was lost in that kind of exchange and subsequently afterwards man you got like the craziness of colonization and you got all these uh european powers that just want to come through and take control and for a lot of different reasons and um i'm gonna go out and say that the spaniards i think fucked up like a lot of the continent because of that like they fucking the their impact is still being felt today like heavily heavily i mean Fucking just what language do they speak everywhere? Like, oh yeah, I mean like, um, right? like Argentina. Like today, it's like you, there's no such thing as a native Argentinian, you know, pretty much anymore. Like that's so crazy, man. Like the native Argentinian tribes, like they were all wiped out. Mm-hmm. Like most most people in Argentina, their blood is pretty much European. Right. That's so that's so insane. That's like crazy to think of. Like, Uruguay is a lot like that too. Yeah. Although true. they're still. There's still, like, a few right. Uruguayan tribes. I mean, like, still, like, it's crazy to think that that whole mm-hmm. eastern side of of Argentina is just, like, there's there's no native culture to, like, really learn about anymore. That's why a lot of people, I think, feel like it's, like, it's almost like Europe in South America. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of, it like, kinda is, I've, right? I've been yeah. to Buenos Aires. You've been. So. I have never been yeah, before, so. It kind of, and I've been to, I've been lucky enough to go to Europe myself. Like, I've been mm-hmm. to France and, and England and, like, it felt more like being in one of those type of countries or like a little bit like New York mm-hmm. than it felt like when I was in Lima or when I was in Chile for a little bit or even when I was in Panama or, mm-hmm. or Mexico. Like mm-hmm. that, the feel in those cities is nothing compared to Argentina. Argentina felt like I was in Europe again. That's that's so crazy. And uh, yeah, man, it's, <laughs> it's so insane. Like, I think it's so funny that there's people like, uh, like, there's colorism within the Latin community a lot, like, um, and I feel like that doesn't get discussed as much from people like outside of the Latin community. I see all these articles and I see that I read about them and all. You got these third wave feminists that are, like down with the the machismo and all this other stuff oh, too. Yeah. So I yeah I get all that, but like in the general consciousness of like people in the in at least in our country in America, like they don't fucking realize that you know if you're uh, la negra de la costa. The versus if you're fucking uh, somebody who looks like me, for instance, yeah. that um, I'm gonna be the one that might get the job versus the oh, yeah. versus like, you know, that yeah, other person. Like, there's there's definitely a big ass big bias like that. Like I'm like more fair skinned like you compared mm-hmm. to like me, or compared to like somebody who looks like Indian as fuck, or compared right. to like somebody who has a mix of the of Creole in their blood. Like mm-hmm. there's there's definitely classism in Latin American culture. That's that's yeah. unspoken of in most right. society, in most everyday conversation. And I was like something growing up, I felt like really subconscious about, 
And I felt like guilty about it a lot of times too. Cause even within like my cousins and stuff like that, I'm pretty fair skinned and I'm like one of the only right now it's me and I have like a baby cousin and she's got light colored eyes, but it's us too. And like, that's it. And then we got to go to like my dad's cousins to like find the next person on my, my dad's side of the family. And so my dad's side of the family is a little bit darker than my mom's side. So I always felt like there was that kind of dichotomy that I kind of had there. Mm-hmm. And, um, where when I would go to my, my dad's side of the family, I kind of felt like guilty a little bit because like I felt like I got the preferential treatment a little bit from like my grandparents or mm-hmm. from like my aunts and uncles. And I saw some of my cousins and they'd be in similar scenarios and they may, maybe they wouldn't get 100% of the, 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 the attention or the yeah. love that I would get. So I felt like like dirty for, for that. But then I want to go to like the, the other side of my family and uh you know sometimes it wasn't nothing super blatant or like uh you know obvious but sometimes there'd be little little insinuations and things of here and there of like um a lot of them wasn't necessarily for like other mexicans even if they were for darker but there was definitely a sense of uh um that it's like a kind of like a sense that you anything like associated with like being black or anything like that is is negative and um I even got that feeling sometimes from like uh, some of my uncles and things like that, and yeah, no, like uh, God bless my dad, but I mean, he was mm-hmm. he was raised in a small small village, small farming town in Peru, like mm-hmm. middle of like separated from society kind of thing. Well, not separated from society, but because like nowadays it's, it's like hours or days to get to like the nearest like town over. Or yeah, something like there like was like back in back in his day, there was like no mm-hmm. public transit, nothing like you right. have to walk everywhere. And yeah, like he grew up with a lot of like biases that he's had to, he still mm. hasn't fully overcome because he still mm. says like, like every now and then I have to be like, dad, like in Spanish, obviously like dad, yeah. like don't, you can't say that shit out loud. Like, right. Like you can say that at home. Like I don't mind because you're, you're saying it at home, but like you can't say <laughs> right. that shit out, outside. Yeah, no, it's like, it's real for sure, man. And I feel, yeah. I feel bad about it every day, but it's like, it's not anything I can necessarily do hundred yeah. percent to like affect it. I can only control what I do and like the people around me. To a certain extent, yeah. or at least try to influence people for the better, but mm-hmm. it's uh, I feel kind of like helpless, and I kind of there was like times where I like questioned like who I was and like all this stuff, or like, um, and being in school, I feel like a lot of the I like I didn't feel like I fit in necessarily in one place or the other, mm-hmm. especially because I I was um, um kind of like a portrait when I was younger too because I didn't know Spanish, uh. and so I um felt an attachment to like chicano mexican american culture and stuff like that because it's like who i am but at the same time i felt like i could never get immersed into it like 100 percent because i didn't know the language and at the same time on the flip side i did feel like uh you know very much american and uh you know somebody who watches cartoons plays basketball and football and uh eats mcdonald's and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but I never felt like I got that same amount of acceptance from like my friends who were like from other ethnic groups and things like that. Um, so I felt kind of like in between here and there, and maybe like when I hang out with some of my Mexican friends, sometimes like I get the sense that they felt like I wasn't that Mexican, mm-hmm. and then it was kind of the same thing when I went the other way too. So I hang out maybe some of my white friends and things like that, and they could see me and they could see where we kind of like look alike or look more alike, mm-hmm. but. It, it was still like a sense of like okay he you know like there's something like different kind of here so i kind of personally that's kind of how i i felt like about it and growing things like up. that yeah growing up but 
Uh, for me, it was, yeah. it was a bit different because, like, I, I'm like South American, so it's like mm-hmm. there really isn't that big of a community. I mean, like, if you if you have to like look for it, if you want to find a, right. a community of other Peruvians or other even just general South Americans, right, right. So growing up, it was like because I grew up with like other Latinos and like other Black and Asians mm-hmm. in my in my neighborhood, and it's like right, and it's like I wanted to be part of that like like uh like latino chicano culture because like i mm-hmm. like i i related to it because like i was a latino growing up in los angeles but i couldn't fully mm-hmm. relate to it because i'm not mexican true, so it's like i'm true. like like I, I can't really say like oh like me- like mexico for life type shit like yeah. it's like no peru for life but <laughs> like latinos for life you know yeah and it's it's it was a struggle and like because I lived in Hawthorne, like the seedy part of Hawthorne, mm-hmm. which is a lot better now. There's the back then it was like a little bit bad. Right. But it's like... I, I remember you telling me some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, and like on the one hand, like I grew up with my friends in Hawthorne, but then I went to school, like grade school in Manhattan Beach. And I was, mm. I was maybe like one or two, like one of two Latino kids in the whole class. Mm, so okay. I was like the token ethnic kid. So right. I felt like I had to like play up either I felt like I had to like try hard to fit in or try hard to like stand out yeah you can't ever be in the middle huh yeah I can't ever be like <laughs> I'm just I'm just a kid in the class I know right I, yeah I had to speak as like the Latino voice or I had to speak as you know just the whitest voice ever <laughs> that's like people that like uh people who are not like Latino or from like other communities don't necessarily understand sometimes too it's like uh, the scene in what is it, Selena, where it's like, uh, <laughs> right? It's just like uh, you gotta be more Mexican than Mexicans, you gotta be more American than Americans to be exactly. fit in. Exactly. It's, it feels like a double standard. It's like yeah. ni the aquí, ni the allá type yeah, type of like, feel. Like I had to try hard to play volleyball because like that was a sport <laughs> with all the white kids in Manhattan Beach because it's like oh right next to the beach. Yeah, definitely. So, like, definitely to, Manhattan Beach. Exactly. Too. So I had to like try hard to play volleyball. I fucking sucked at volleyball. <laughs> but, I mean, like I was pretty good at setting the line, and then like yeah. when soccer season came along, I had to be the best. I had to pretend. I had to try to be the best player. Oh man. Because like I had to rep Latino culture. Yeah, man. That's... And that was that was a struggle too dude i know man i was like okay at soccer but i was never that great yeah, but i was like yeah like i mostly <laughs> played goalkeeper or uh or, de- or defense i played defense or they put me in central defense mm-hmm. <laughs> so remember, don't remember move too far <laughs> don't go too forward <laughs> mario what are you doing i remember they tried Ooh. to start me off as uh because they thought i was like naturally gifted and i was like <laughs> they try to they try to put me a central mid like central attacking mid. I was yeah. like like all, like in, like even my AYSO days like I'd never play farther than central defense. That's what I played AYSO. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, like you're asking me to play a position I've never played before. Like oh, right. it's easier like you can I'm sure you can like find a pass and like get the goal. And I was like no man I can't. <laughs> I'm a big kid like I I, I set the defense for you. That's right. what I do. I know right. That's that's how I was. I was uh man my ball skills were horrible. <laughs> like I had no touch in terms of shooting at like at all, and one I felt embarrassed to shoot too. Skill. Huh? One star on your skill move? If, if dude, it'd be like half a star. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh my man, it was my left foot was so horrible. But even my right foot was bad too. Like I, every time I shoot the ball, it'd like just go everywhere, and I just had no control. I didn't know how to control, yeah. like the the mechanics from like actually striking the ball. Hmm. Um, you're little. Like I, I only only played until I was like fourth or fifth grade, so. Hmm. I didn't play super long. Um, I probably would have if American football wasn't at the same time mm. during the seasons. 
I probably would have picked it up in, in high school because, you know, soccer is like a fun game to play, man. It's like, it it's interesting for sure. Um, but yeah, I guess going back to the whole like culture thing, another thing too, I think people outside of the Latin community don't understand is that there's, there's beef within the Latin community. Oh, yeah. like, you know, there's an inter, intra-Latino yeah. beef and like the, uh, biases and like shit. the El Salvadorans and the Mexicans. Right. So yeah. when you were, sorry to cut you off, but like what you were saying though earlier about how like, oh, like, uh, uh, I can't say like, you know, uh, you know, Viva Mexico and all this other yeah. stuff too. Like that was like one thing I could like kind of take for granted and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, well, it was interesting too because like some people would be like, you know, really curious when they first meet me when I was younger. Like, so like, uh, are you like? Well, they would ask me like what I am and they would mm-hmm. guess like it was, it was like uh, like a racial roulette or something like that. <laughs> like, oh, are you Italian? No, I'm not Italian. Are you Portuguese? No, I'm not Portuguese. Are you Middle Eastern? No, I'm not Middle Eastern. Greek? <laughs> no. Um, uh, Spanish? Like something like. Uh, Egyptian? I've had people ask me if I'm Persian before. Persian? Like, actual Persian people ask me if I was Persian. Beyond that. And, uh, um, you know, some other some other things here and there. And I just gotta be like, no, nah, I'm just run-of-the-mill Mexican, whatever. <laughs> like, and then, like, people look at me funny, and they give me a funny look. Like, for real? Are you serious? Like, you don't look Mexican. I'm like, what was that supposed to mean, fool? <laughs> <laughs> you can start doing that shit. Just bust out your tattoo of, uh, what's his name? Uh, like, beat hand, or, like... Uh... Yeah, just bust out a tattoo like, does this not look Mexican? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't have that tattoo, Mom. I don't know. Probably not listening to this, but, you know... But yeah, no, like, for me, it's, um, I was, like, going back to, like, getting confused for different races, like, especially, like, depending on how I do my hair or how I, like, if I shave or not, I can get, I've gotten confused for so many different races. <laughs> I've gotten Persian, some Persian dudes, when I had a shaved head during football, I got confused for Samoan or, like, okay. Pacific Islander. Actually, a little bit bigger, stockier, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, like, I've gone, I've gone Middle Eastern as well. Mm-hmm. I've gone Mexican, obviously, because, like, most people are like, oh, like, they're brown, they must be Mexican. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, God damn it, no, I'm not. Yeah, but, man. Yeah, and then, like, I got Indian once because, like, there was mm-hmm. a point where I'd, like, I grew out my hair, but not, like, how it was a year ago, but it was just, mm-hmm. like, kind of just, like... Just poofy? That, just poofy. Yeah. I had a long-ass beard, so I got confused with an Indian that time. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not Indian. I'm going <laughs> to shave my beard now. Yeah, it's time. It's time. It's we time. get randomly selected at airports. Now. Exactly. <laughs> so then, yeah. And then, yeah, man, it's crazy, like, how how you can get confused for so many different races. Yeah, man. It's, it's funny, because, like, where I grew up in, like, Northern California, mm-hmm. my community, there's a lot of Italians and there's a lot of Portuguese oh, okay. that uh, actually... Um, uh, people who are still ethnically proud to be Portuguese and Italian mm-hmm. and things like that. There's uh, yeah. um, well, I mean, Italians are always proud to be Italian. <laughs> true, 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 true. Um, I guess like the assimilation into like the U.S. culture a bit has mm-hmm. like changed that dynamic a little bit, but there's there's still you could you you'd still feel that a bit. Um, and there's still like a couple certain families that have always been a part of the farming community and they've always owned the land or like for generations pretty much so like there's still the, the remnants of all that stuff too but uh yeah i think that's kind of why i got i used to get some of that uh a little bit but uh no it is interesting though because there's like within each uh country there's a there, they have their own sense of like perspective of what everybody else is and how like they're like the sense of themselves too um so like for mexico i feel like there's a, a, a greater sense of uh, we're kind of closer 
in both in geography and like maybe culturally to like where the U.S. is. So I think there's like kind of like a um, uh, uh, perspective that you know maybe we're better than some of these other like uh, Latin American countries that are maybe a little bit poorer than us or they're not as big as us geographically or like uh, financially, oh, yeah. things like that. And there's a lot of uh, um, real negative connotations of people from Central America if you're oh. from from Mexico. Oh yeah, I've definitely yeah. I've definitely heard about that. Yeah, like, yeah. cuz I mean like most of those Central American countries are trying to mm-hmm. like not even just immigrate to US or like some of them are just trying to immigrate to Mexico too. Right, true, true. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, there's that whole issue of that going on. Yeah, exactly. The the people don't realize that the Mexico and its southern border are almost more ruthless than the US is on their southern border. In terms of how they treat some of the salvies and some of the um, Guatemaltecos, Guatemaltecos, um, Guatemaltecos. And... no, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, there's just it's just it's not a good look, uh, yeah. especially considering the fact that like a lot of the borders and the way we think about the countries in Latin America now, they weren't created by the people who were originally there. They're created by the Spanish who came and controlled they're, everything. They're created by the imperialists. Yeah, I mean, like right. just look at um, like Africa is the best example I can oh, always think of. Yeah, like, like that was divided by the imperialists, not by the Africans themselves. Like that right, whole country, right. if it was divided by like mm. actual tribe, like thing, it would look up. It would look so much different today than it should. But because of just because of like the Portuguese, the Spanish, the what was it like the Holland. Mm. The Dutch. The Dutch. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah, just because of how they divided it up, it changed the whole landscape of Africa forever. So, yeah, exactly. There was actually a, a conference. I had to look this up right now. Okay. The Berlin Conference of 1884 and 85, also okay. known as the Congo Conference. Mm. There was actually each power of set representatives, and they all met each other, and they literally put the map up, and they divvied out Africa. That's like right. itself. They literally like went down and said, okay... Um, France, you can get you know so and so. The Dutch, you can get so and so. Here's where the English get. Here's where you know the the Germans and everyone else. And so that's one of the reasons why you get all these African countries that speak all these different languages and stuff like that that are like not natural to them. So you'll have like uh, Cote d'Ivoire that speaks French when they're you know f- you know 600 years ago there was nobody speaking French over there. And you got people in Ghana speaking English and like uh, um, things like that. And what was crazy too is they would split up the countries and they did it strategically in terms of how they created the borders because every single newly created country after that conference, they always contained two separate tribes or two separate like groups of people who naturally had conflicts with each other. Mm. And so... What that did is it created the ability for the imperialists to come in and assume control easier because if they're going to take over uh, a disputed territory where you have two people bickering over each other, then they're, they're too worried about each other necessarily to worry about the imperialists as much. Funny how history repeats itself. All right. Going back to like the war on drugs and shit, the need to police. Bro, there it is, right there, man. History repeats itself. That's human. Uh, it's human nature, man. It's like white people. It's why you got. I mean, <laughs> true, true. 
we can go back even further and we can talk about how African tribes have fucked each other over or we can talk about how ruthless the fucking Aztecs were to some of the other tribes. Oh, yeah. Like, where my my dad's family, my dad's side of the family, we're like Tarasco Indians. So mm-hmm. natives is like the the the, um, the Tarascan people were like mm-hmm. from right there in the Michoacan region for where my dad's from. And I've spoken to my grandma about this. So she's, she's told me like more likely than not that's what like our you know uh, genealogies from Mm -hmm. they were one of the major uh antagonists to the whole aztec empire during that time and they were one of the only groups that could actually kind of defend themselves and so i think you know uh, i'm pretty sure you're aware of this maybe our listeners aren't but uh the whole history of like uh cortez and when he first came to to america you know how he took control and the conquer the Aztecs, right? Yeah, he got the other tribes. He like he he gave supplies to those other tribes, mm-hmm. like the Tarasco Indians and shit. Exactly, exactly. So he knew they had beef with the Aztecs. So it's like, oh, we're trying to you know fuck them up too. Let's all do it together. Like the enemy of my enemy is my friend type of uh, scenario. And that's what Pizarro struggled with because like mm-hmm. the Incan Empire did it did things a little differently. Like mm-hmm. when we conquered, we tried to keep them as friends. Like we kept them happy too. Right, kind of so like how the Romans did it. Yeah, yeah. Like the Romans were even like uh, what was that? Genghis Khan did it too, kind of. Ish, yeah. Ish, <laughs> he kinda... ish. Like he conquered them, but like you can either, you can either be part of this or you can like. True, true, die. true, true. Yeah. So that's kind of like what the Incans did. Like you know, like they kept. Like, if you got conquered, like, you were part of the family kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So when they tried, when Pizarro tried to do that shit, like, no, we're, we're cool with the Incans, like, you can go. Right. But then, like, fucking disease killed us. Yeah, man, it's... it's And the horses. Horses, for sure, man. Horses were a game changer. Can you imagine, like, uh, like being a native and, like, uh, worshipping to your sun god and, like... Uh, being concerned about the harvest and what your wife is like being able to you know, survive labor and then randomly on one crazy day you see these freaking um big old floating objects in the middle of the ocean coming towards you and you're like what the fuck is that thing is this like a, a... and then you see like a, a white like a armor clad horse and like a guy wearing armor so Dude. you think it's like all one thing and you're like what the what kind of beast animal what kind of beast animal and this shiny shiny metal god is this like holy crap man like the just the the level of mind fucks that were like happening to those people like when that happened and how they like reacted to these people and all that stuff is like so so entertaining so interesting to me and uh i'm like happy i've like learned a lot of that history uh when i was in like school I did like a Spanish minor, oh, yeah, so yeah. I actually had to like read a lot of like the ancient texts and stuff like that in Spanish, and I got to read uh, Cristobal Colon, Chris- okay. aka Christopher Columbus, aka some dude who should not have a fucking holiday named after him. Okay. Um, yeah, exactly. I got to read his like diary, like oh, his okay. actual like oh, account. Dude. dude, it's like I mean, obviously, if if it's coming from someone's perspective, they're always gonna like present it in like the best light possible. So it, it, if you read it just like from what it is, you can just be like, oh, okay, you can kind of take it in. But if you like take the time, like pause, like like hold up, like what does this actually mean type thing, it that shit was horrific, dude. He was literally taking uh, the natives in the the Taino Indians who like are in the Puerto Rican, Dominican, like the, island area. the islands right there in the in the Caribbean. He took the um, the people and forced them into slavery, forced them to look for gold when they didn't understand the language and they couldn't communicate very well with them. And when they refused to do anything, they would literally take their babies and throw them off the ship what? into the ocean. Yeah, like literally. Damn. 
that was the punishment for the people who wouldn't pay attention or like uh do what they wanted and like bend to their will and stuff like that like that is fucking ruthless that's, dude yeah that's savage as fuck savages man it's like they're the ones that called the natives the savages but it's like who are the ones that taught or like that treated others like that way? Yeah. But at the same time, that's not to say that the, the natives in a lot of other places weren't also ruthless because I mean, like the whole ritual sacrifice is pretty ruthless too. Yeah, there's a lot of different aspects. I mean, just the whole even like farther north in uh, when like the British and every everything like the, the um, French and Indian War and that whole scenario and stuff like Scalping that. Scalping so, and shit. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there's so there's obviously brutal shit that, like, other tribes have done to the other themselves. Um, but you're definitely right. It's just, I think, like, the, the way that when the, the white people came, it, it kind of, like, made it, it was kind of, like, on another level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I guess it's just, like, human nature, isn't it? There's, yeah. There's always going to be us and there's always going to be a them. And however you describe it there's always a way like you can do mental gymnastics to kind of like say fuck those people yeah i mean like i mean yeah. that's kind of like because i mean at the time the spanners and the british they were more technologically advanced so they yeah they felt a sense of superiority right because i mean the i mean they had like the aztecs had like the obsidian weapons and mm -hmm. that doesn't compare to a fucking steel blade or right or a musket or musket, something yeah uh, cannonballs getting flown at you from the ship and stuff like that. Crazy, crazy. Man, one of the craziest things is like Cortez when he's landed on like the. Uh oh. All right. Well, it looks like we got some uh, technical difficulties. We'll take a quick break right here, and uh, we'll get back to you. We'll be back. And we're back. We bet. Yeah, it looks like there was an alarm going off in my building, which happens from time to time. But uh, all gravy. Uh, we'll just keep it moving. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know where to go with this. Uh, I, oh, let's switch gears. Let's switch gears. All right, all right. Let's let's let's. We, we, let's kinda, switch we kind of delved for an hour into the, <laughs> into the, into the interesting history of South America, politics, yeah. gentrification. Let's let's move on to some let's move on to some sports. This is some lighter shit. Yeah, yeah let's do some lighter <laughs> shit. All right, man. Well, I know one of the big things that's going on right now is uh, NFL free agency, Ooh. and uh, like how a lot of rosters are turning over. Uh, both of us were both Oakland Raider fans, so. We'll uh, probably be speaking mostly about that team, but uh, there's been a lot of movement though in the NFL. There's been, um, as there is every year. Yeah, I mean, like this year, I don't know. It just feels feels like a lot more changes this year. Yeah, there's there's been, definitely been a lot. I know we got Kirk Cousins going to Minnesota, getting a fully guaranteed eighty four million dollars, dude. Jesus. Dog, that for that's like a game changer, man. And I like props to you, Kurt. Respect is grind. Respect. Yeah. He went three straight years playing on the fucking franchise tag. Where if you fucked up one knee, you probably wouldn't have gotten another contract afterwards. Or if something shoulder, if he, you know, injury, something, something happens. Yeah. Um, dude stayed healthy, put up some numbers. Washington never wanted to come to the table, and the dude made it all the way to the end, man. Like, I can't remember another time where a guy has been able to like just bet on himself. Like consistently, and then fucking ended up breaking the bank at the end of it, man. Breaking, yeah, man, that's crazy. And then, <laughs> shit, yeah, man. I don't think there's any other player who can like who can successfully say, yeah, man, I've grinded all these years. It's gonna pay right. off big now. Because most of the time, the team that they're on will eventually say, okay, you're worth it, and they'll offer them the the money that they want. But 
Washington never did that. They could have easily kept him for more years had they just decided to initially come to the table and like talk to him. They could have got him for way less than what he got now. But I think they were just hoping that the same <laughs> thing would happen to to Kirk Cousins that happened to to Griffin. To Griffin, they're just hoping that an injury in London can just justify like fuck it, we don't want you anymore. I think that just tells you the mindset of like Washington Redskins and how like they're Fucking just Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder, bro, he's just that's a penny pinching motherfucker right there, <laughs> man. Yeah. Like, dude, uh, or maybe not penny pinching, but that just dude is just like dumb with the way he like runs that franchise. Um, he is not, uh, and a lot, a lot of shit is like done via vendetta and all that stuff too. It's like everything's personal for him. It is. But uh, yeah, Kirk has moved, so that meant like all the other. Minnesota quarterbacks basically moved on too. Yeah, Case Keenum with <laughs> Broncos, I think. He's in Denver. He's yeah. in Denver now. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater is in with the Jets. He's with the Jets, and then Bradford signed with the Cardinals. Cardinals, the so, retirement home. Yeah, <laughs> the NFL retirement home for quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, Kurt Warner and like, running backs too. Oh, running backs, yeah, I guess you're right because they got Peterson too right now. Peterson, yeah. I was like, man, David Johnson's not that old, though. No, <laughs> yeah. that's like the only young thing about that team. And he's he got hurt last year too. He's gonna be a comeback player next year because people, so many people have already forgotten about him. Like, that's heard, that's true, man. Forgot how dynamic he is. I won like uh, my fantasy football league a couple years ago because I had him. I think I lost, I, I lost my fantasy football league last year because of him. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go, man. It's uh, oh, because you had him and he did, he got hurt, yeah. or oh, the year before. Year the before. year before. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I had like picked him up and then like three years ago and I was like, oh shit, this dude's having a solid season. And then the next year he was like, you know, one of the first, first or second round picks mm-hmm. and I got him again and I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to ride with you, David. <laughs> and he ended up taking me to my league championship, whatever it was. Nice. Um, but yeah, you're right. I guess you got Fitzgerald there too. So he's still, that dude is like timeless. He is. He deserves a ring. If there's anybody that deserves a ring, that dude deserves a ring. Uh, yeah, I still can't believe he didn't get one, though, that game that they made in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you saw it or if you remember watching it, but it was like them in Pittsburgh, mm. and there was a couple crazy plays in the game. I remember one in particular. It was like the Cardinals were had the ball, and they were driving, and they was like right at the end of the half, right? So it was like the last player, the last, like, you know, under 10 seconds left in the game. And, or left in the half before they go into the the locker room. And um, what's his name? Kurt Warner's back, and he's throwing the ball, like, at the red zone. They're, like, at the two-yard line or something like that. Uh-huh. And the Steelers, they have their whole 3-4 defense where they disguise it really well so you don't know who's dropping versus who's rushing and all this stuff. So they run a play where they run a zone, and they they had James Harrison drop into coverage, which he was like a normally like a, a rushing linebacker that was yeah. just getting sacks and fumbles and everything. So they dropped him off into coverage, and Kurt Warner just didn't recognize him, and he like went into the flat, and he uh, one of his like slot receivers or somebody just like ran either a curl route or like an out route to the sideline, and he just threw it in that direction just instinctively because uh, it was like one of those bang bang plays. Yeah. And Harrison was right there, and he really threw it to him. He caught the ball, picked it off. Ran 90, 90 yards for a touchdown or something like that. It, it was like something insane. So like that play happened, and then at the end of the game, I think the Cardinals like took the lead, and there was like under two minutes left. It was something like that, and Ben Roethlisberger drives them down the field, picking you know picking them apart little by little, little by little here, little chunks here, chunks there, 
gets to the red zone, and then I think it was like, uh, like the same, almost same, similar situation. Situation was like under ten seconds left, or like under thirty seconds, and uh, I can't remember the exact down. I think it might have been third or fourth down, and uh, you know, desperation time. They need a touchdown to win the game, mm-hmm. and so Ben's in the shotgun. Yeah, gets the ball, gets a snap. He's looking around, looking around, not seeing anybody. Still looking, still looking. Finally, the, the defenders start coming after him. So he starts, like, scrambling off to his right. He, like, starts pointing to the corner. You see Santonio Holmes, who, like, started on the right side, I think ran to the middle of the field, saw that Ben was running the other way, stopped, went back <laughs> towards the right corner. Ben lobs this ball that, like, I swear to God, was, like, 15 feet in the air into the corner of the end zone. And Santonio Holmes, like, full body, like, just jumps in the air, stretches out, catches the ball, like, full extension, comes down, puts both of his feet, like, within millimeters of, like, touching the, the white on the on the grass, but, drags him, yeah. scores a touchdown, they win the game. It was like, what in the fuck? <laughs> it was, like, crazy. It was crazy. That was a really entertaining Super Bowl. But, um, yeah, they, the Cardinals should have had a Super Bowl already. <laughs> I mean, they, they, sh- yeah. they had a shot, was it last year or the year before, where... But like Palmer got hurt and like yeah yeah they had a good offense that year. I remember. Got a good. I remember that offense was pretty fucking great. Yeah man. So let me see who else has moved to change teams. Uh, you know Malcolm Butler is on the Texans now. That's right. Um, keep to leave. I keep to leave is on the Rams, dude. That's the the Rams got all the former AFC West like hothead corners because they got <laughs> to leave and they got Marcus Peters. That's right. Yeah. That's gonna be crazy. That. I'm looking for because I'm like since it's LA like I, yeah. I'm like also rooting for the Rams now too. Right, so I kind of root for them too though. Yeah, the local team. The local that. team. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting the Rams this year. Just gotta see how they progress. Yeah, man. They they actually made a lot of changes from like the team this year because they let Sammy Watkins go, and um, I'm trying to think who else that they. Uh, Didn't they trade Tremaine? Tremaine Johnson is gone. I think he was a free agent, but he's gone. He's gone. Um. Yeah, they they made some changes. Alec Ogletree, they traded oh, him away. That's right, I was a little bummed about that, but yeah, yeah. Alec the, Ogletree's gone. That dude was an OG man. He'd been on the Rams for like a while, and he was like one of their best players for a good stretch, yeah, good stretch of time. Carry that team for a bit. Yeah, man. Uh, it's, we gotta make room to pay Aaron Donald. Gotta get that whoo, man paid. Yeah, you do, man. That dude is like one he's of the monster. He's a monster. He's such a beast. I was playing with the Rams on Madden like uh, a couple weeks ago when I was back home with my uh-huh. cousins. Oh my god, it was a sack just, machine. He's so fucking fun to play with. It was like, it was like every time they snap the ball, you go right trigger to run. You do right thumbstick upwards to engage him, and then you do either you circle around to the right or you circle around to the left, and then it's just a swim move. And like every <laughs> single time, he's getting past the the center or the tackle or the guard. And he's getting to the game quarterback. <laughs> and it was like it was like almost unreal. I was like, oh shit. Like it was like, damn, that was that easy. <laughs> it's like and then he's like right there and he sacks the guy. It's like oh, crazy. Oh, that was fun. And it that was crazy too, because I had golf. He got he had like three broken tackles in the game because <laughs> <laughs> there was times when my cousin like would blitz and like I would move him and he would like slip a tackle and then <laughs> and then fi- like one time he chucked it like 30, 40 yards down the field to Cooper Cup and he caught it and then like another time he slipped the tackle and ran for a touchdown and <laughs> yeah I was, I was doing some like Houdini shit like it was a crazy crazy one but um, man 
The Rams are Rams be pretty good next year, though. I think they're a year ahead of schedule. They are. I mean, yeah. honestly, like last year was like I, I don't think any. I don't. Not even I expected the Rams to be that good this Mm-mm. this past year, make it to the playoffs and shit. I was really amped because I had a good amount of their players on my fantasy team. Dude, me too. Uh, I had Cooper Cup and I uh, had the, their defense, which they had a couple really good games yeah. like on defense where they score like twenty points for you, <laughs> just getting picks and fumbles and just yeah, like. I was yeah. when I, when the draft happened. Like my goal was to get Todd Gurley, mm-hmm. but my other friend who's also a Rams fan, like he had the same idea. Like, <laughs> he was a pick. He was one pick ahead of me, and he picked Todd Gurley. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so I picked. Who did I pick up? Some running back that ended up being a bust. And I had to drop him mid-season. Mm, yeah, it always happens, dude. I had, I had like Dalvin Cook at the beginning of the year. Oh, me too. And he got banged up, and then I picked up McKinnon, and then he had a really great time too. So I was like, "Fuck yeah, like let's go." <laughs> um, oh, I had time Montgomery. Oh, he started off hot, but then like he disappeared. He got he got hurt, and then yeah. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. <laughs> so, then, yeah, all of Green Bay fell yeah. apart. <laughs> That's why I'm kind of like. Uh, uh, bullish a little bit on Jordy Nelson because mm. uh, I was looking at his numbers recently and there was a lot of people oh yeah shout out to Jordy Nelson he's on the Raiders now baby <laughs> so um, he was uh, um, yeah he had like knee surgery because he tore his ACL yeah. about like three years ago now and so a lot of people on the board were basically saying like ah oh, his numbers haven't been good since he tore his ACL but if you take out last season he actually put up numbers that were as good if not better than his like career best Oh, really? Like, two seasons ago, which was the first year after he tore his ACL. And he came out almost as good as new. And so, this year, I feel it was more of a reflection of what Rodgers was doing because he yeah. wasn't there. And yeah, Rodgers can make anybody look good. Definitely. Me and you could go run routes, man. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he'll get us a couple touchdowns. Like, he's that good. Um, and But I, I feel like Derek Carr can utilize him in the same ways because he's – Kind of a similar style quarterback, or he's yeah, they definitely have some similarities. He's got all the tools, and you know, uh, James because like, because like he'd be good for like short, short, like chunk plays, Jordy Nelson, right? And like, Mm -hmm. nobody on that team currently does that, yeah. Crabtree was that guy, kind of, um, but I don't know, um. He didn't really play the slot necessarily, but Nelson kind of played outside too. Yeah. I think what people don't realize is Nelson's got burners though too. He's, he does. He, he sneaks up on people because he's, he's a white dude. He, <laughs> he's a very smart player. He's a team, team, very hard worker. First guy in person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's hilarious. It's like, oh man, I think I was, was it like Bill Simmons or somebody else was listening to him. They're like, like way back in the day. I'm like, <laughs> They never do player comparisons with guys that are, like, of the different race. You know what I mean? Like, it's always, like, the same race guy. It's like, RG3, Mike Vick, or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, man. It's funny. Speaking of Mike Vick, uh, what do you think of Lamar Jackson? I think he's being underrated. I think so, too. I think they need to stop trying to make him a wide receiver, at least now. Yeah, they should, they should yeah. give him a shot at QB. I mean, he's got the same like same physical stats as Mike Vick, but like mm-hmm. he's taller, right? Better arm, like even Mike Vick said, like he's a better QB than I ever. Right, right. Yeah. It's it's interesting to tell because like those type of quarterbacks are so boomer bust. That's they're true. so boomer bust because they're either like the the hottest player in the league, like sensation ripping off like crazy games where they're throwing for two hundred fifty yards and running for hundred yards or something like that. 
or it's like they end up like just not doing anything. I can't make, it can't complete a pass. The defense knows they're gonna run, so they're just like playing to it. And um, like what that type of like player needs is like a year or two to develop. Yeah, that's what they really. Need. I mean, like if you get if he gets drafted, he he shouldn't be a starter right away because then he'll bust for sure. He yeah. needs to find a he needs to find a team with a good QB coach that can like just help him hone in on his assets. Yeah, it's tough. It's so, it's it's so tough though, because when you have a guy like that, if you draft him on was it the first two days, so like top what three rounds or something like that, you have somewhat of an expectation that they could play now versus yeah. later in time. So it's tough to like justify spending a high draft pick like that. On somebody who's not even going to help your team necessarily for that year, um, but what about it, uh, what about Mahomes? Where didn't he get drafted? Yeah, so he sat the bench all last year. Yeah, but I mean he he's getting a shot now, so we'll see how that turns out. True, hopefully poorly. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was like kind of nervous because when Alex Smith left, I was like, all right, Alex Smith can beat the Raiders, but he's not going to like win the game by himself. So it's like you have a, a certain level of respect, but not maybe not a level of fear. Mahomes is like an unknown, so I'm like, shit, this dude can be like the second coming of Joe Montana, or he can be the second coming of Brady Quinn, so it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like... It's an X-Factor. Right. So we when, don't know. When do, you guys, when, do we, when do we play them the next year? I don't think they've released the full schedule yet. Okay. They, when I looked it up last time, they, they had it, so they know who they're playing, they just don't know when. Mm-hmm. Um Exactly. I hope I hope it's one of the first couple of games. Like just it's like, just get like to him, while, so while, he's, jump yeah, while, while he's still unknown, like <laughs> mm-hmm. so the Raiders can play them with no fear. Yeah. Because if he starts lighting it up early and then like midway through the season they play them, then you have to like you have you have to like respect Mahomes. Right. Yeah, that could be true. Or like the reverse, where if it's early in the season, there's no game film on him. Do you not know mm. some, what he could do or what he can't do or what his tendencies are? Versus, well, after a couple games, now you can kind of tinker and try to figure out like okay when it's third down and long this dude always tries to go to the check down on the outside so we're gonna play bump and run like you know like little things like that yeah. or if it's um you know uh third and goal this dude will normally throw the fader out so we're gonna play off coverage or something like that you know like or he doesn't do very well with pressure up the middle so we're gonna blitz the two middle linebackers or something you know all day yeah, or just Max just come and just grab that, grab his ass and just throw him to the turf. That's always fun. Yeah, that dude's so beast, man. Fucking, I love me some Khalil Mack. I was a little disappointed in his sack performance this year. I am too. Because I, I had I drafted yeah. him as my as my pick for IDP. Oh, uh, IDP league. So you, you need like ten plus sacks from yeah, that guy. Yeah, I was like, I, I, was like I need him to get sacks, but yeah. was like nothing. Yeah, he was getting hurries. He's got like right there, and then the quarterbacks would just toss it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like most of the pass rush was just like all him, like last year, because he's like he's like so good. He makes up for like uh, having like okay teammates around him. <laughs> My goodness, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I'm watching NBA uh, on TNT and they're doing those uh, photoshops where they put like the people's faces on uh, random people's bodies. <laughs> oh man! But. Uh, it was what was I gonna say? Um, dang, I lost my train of thought. Um, dang, what the hell? Who the hell were we talking about? Uh, Raiders. Uh, oh yeah, we're talking about like Mahomes, right? Oh yeah, Mahomes. And if he'd be do good, yeah. So, 
we'll see what happens. Uh, that's true though. If you get him early, you can kind of you can throw crazy stuff at him too. Yeah. He's not he's not gonna know because as he goes through the season, he's gonna learn also too. Yeah. Or at least that's how you should do. It, unless you're Manziel or someone stupid mm-hmm. like man, Johnny like, Manziel. For that game, like I'm not concerned about Mahomes. I'm more concerned about the running back and, mm-hmm. and the wide receiver. Oh, uh, Hill and Hill, uh, yeah. um, his name. I see his face. He's got dreads. Uh, the running back number twenty-seven, Hunt. Hunt. Kareem Hunt, right? Hey, Hunt. Cunt. Cunt. <laughs> Cunt. <laughs> the Cunt. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I feel like the AFC West is like a huge up for up in the grabs. Up, in the grabs. up, up for grabs. It's a, like the Denver Broncos. You don't know. You don't know what what type of Case Keenum you're gonna get next year. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I could either go back to LA Rams Case Keenum, or he can go repeat his season last year. Right. Or you can go St. Louis Rams Keenum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Chargers. They're always they're always a matter of if they can stay healthy or not. Every freaking year. <laughs> every freaking year. It's like every year, man. Every year. They got talent for next year. The that wide receiver he's been developing pretty well. The Mike Williams. Yeah, they got Williams. They still have uh, Tyrell Williams too. <laughs> they have Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen still there. He's, man, Melvin Gordon still a fucking beast. Gordon, and then the biggest guys that I see are Ingram and Bosa on mm. defense. Those two dudes are like freaking menacing, man, and like. Seeing the Raiders alignment struggle to block those guys, I was like, oh, shit, okay, these guys are legit for sure. Um, and both of those dudes are like, they, they pair well with each other. They do. Yeah, they both apply pressure, and they're both like dynamic type because both as strong as an ox, but Ingram's pretty damn strong too. And Ingram's fast as hell, but both is like not that far behind him. So yeah. they, they complement each other kind of well too. So it'll be tough, and... Yeah, you're right. It's like what version of Case you're gonna get, and then what the hell's Mahomes gonna give you? And the Raiders have first year of Gruden, so you don't know what the hell that's gonna look <laughs> yeah. like. And Spider Two Wide Banana. You're gonna Spider Two Wide Banana all fucking day. <laughs> They're just gonna run like uh, dude from <laughs> reading the blogs and stuff. They they've signed like three tight ends this offseason or two tight ends. Oh shit, that's and, and so like everyone's just like we're gonna be coming out with like five tight end sets <laughs> and like four <laughs> running backs and all this other shit. I'm like, oh my god. Like I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> nah, but they just traded. Um, they traded Olawale away. That's right. Yeah, they've been moving some guys recently. They traded Olawale away. Uh, their fullback, who was kind of played more like a tight end at times, because he was a really good pass catcher and pass uh, receiver, mm-hmm. um, or route runner, I should say. Uh, but he was a good blocker too, and he could run the ball. He was like a bowling ball. When they gave him the ball a few seasons ago, about like two or three years ago, he did really well in like short yardage type situa- situations. He was a good bruiser. He was a real good bruiser and uh, a good solid guy. He was like the... the was like a LeGarrette Blunt type almost. Yeah. Like a cheaper version of LeGarrette Blunt. Right, but they didn't give him chances though um, to like tote the rock. And mm. uh, he was the guy that replaced Marcel Reese, mm. who was there for a long time too. So Reese was like a super dynamic, versatile player. Uh, every time I play him on Madden, I put him as like my second tight end in sets and stuff like that. Just because I wanted to get him on the field more often. It's yeah. like I don't need the fullback every single time, but I want him to play. So there was, uh, yeah. So so now they have uh, they picked up this guy Keith Smith uh, from he I think he was on the Cowboys. They gave him like a you know pretty 
pretty mid-level deal. But I was, I was like, man, so why do we need two fullbacks? But I guess that's the answer now. So they traded one of them. Mm-hmm. They traded him away. They traded Patterson away. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, they let Crabtree go. They've uh, let their right tackle, Marshall Newhouse, go. Oh, really? Yeah, he's gone. Uh, I think Reggie Nelson's not going to be back next year. Um, trying to think. There's some other rotation guys here and there. Uh, Janikowski, they let go. Yeah. Um, so, shout out to Jano. He gave us a solid, solid run. Good career. Uh, good career. Number one pick, which was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe a little too crazy. Yeah. It's Al Davis. That's <laughs> 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 what he does. It's his MO. Yeah. He, the whole league zigs, he's going zag type shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, whatever, bro. <laughs> I get it's it. Al Davis. Al Davis didn't give a fuck, bro. He gave like negative fucks of like people <laughs> thought of him, man. Like everything he did <laughs> was like that. But uh, yeah, so no more Jano. John Kondo, their long snapper, he's gone now too. Right. So they just signed a new guy. Kondo was solid for a long time too. I think he was there for like eight years, which is like long for a long snapper. Mm-hmm. Um, brought in Jordy. They signed this guy to hear Whitehead as a linebacker. Um, they've uh, got this dude. I think his name's Gilchrist. Can't remember. Um, he's gonna be like a safety slash corner. He's a DB, but they played him in a lot of different positions. So okay. hopefully he can be versatile, like yeah, for the Raiders. And like last season, yeah. did you did they inter- did they ever end up getting an interception? Dude, it was like week 13 or something like that, 14. Bowman got the first one, and it was like the most miraculous interception where he was, <laughs> he had like, the the pass got like deflected up in the air, like the, the oh, goal line, yeah, that's and he right. was like on his back, and the ball fell like on his <laughs> chest. <laughs> the only way to get an interception It's like, we got one. Oh my God, it, that was insane, man. The DBs dropped so many picks last year. It was just so frustrating. Man, like, the, two years ago, all the bounces, they went it went the Raiders' way. Last year, it went the opposite way. Yeah. So hopefully, it flips again for yeah. the for the 2018 season. You yeah. know what team I'm looking forward to next year just to watch? Mm-hmm. The Jaguars. Yeah. Especially yeah. now that they got rid of both Robinson and uh, Hearns. Both yeah. Allens. They got the, the Allen brothers out of there. Yeah, Allen brothers. I mean, like, I mean, Bortles was doing well without either of them because they both got injured. But still, I mean, those are some those are some really good wide receivers right there. Yeah, we'll see how they do. Their defense is just freaking unreal. That's an unreal defense. Yeah, they, yeah. they almost had the Patriots. <sighs> they should have had them. They should have had them. Them and 20 other teams in the last 20 years should have had them, man. Like, At least the Eagles got them. Thank goodness, man. They just they just stressing me out a little too much before Brandon Graham got that strip sack <laughs> at the end. No, for real. Like, I, was telling, I was telling my friend, like, as soon as, they, as soon as I saw like two minutes on the clock or whatever, I was like, yeah, the Patriots got this. They're gonna win. Dude, I I know, man. I know. It's just like by hook or by crook, they're gonna find some some way to pull it out. Oh, so happy. <laughs> like, thank God we don't have to see Mark. It's crazy. That crazy. I was fucking Snapchat because he was in Vegas when it happened too. Uh, yeah, so you know, he would have been just like, he would have he would have made sure everybody knew. <laughs> One of our friends, Mark. I gotta get you on the show, bro. Yeah. You gotta come through, man. Um. Yeah, he's a big Pats fan, and he's a big Vegas fan, too. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, he was watching the Super Bowl out there, and uh, I think he was like, 
he actually had tickets to go see Migos that night too. <laughs> oh, I remember looking at his oh, Snapchat. Oh yeah, that's right. He, did have tickets to he, was, he saw Migos. He was telling me like they showed up at like three in the morning and then played like four songs and dipped. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, Dad, what do you expect, bro? Like you're yeah. in a fucking club and like these dudes are gonna get paid up the ass regardless. So like they're only gonna have you know a lot of acts half asses. So but it's, it's like a bad uh, stereotype or uh, prejudice, I guess. But there's a lot of hip hop acts that tend to like just half-ass it mail it in stuff yeah, like that's, that too that's one of my minor concerns of Coachella this year yeah there's so man. many hip-hop acts I want to see but like some of them because mm. I remember one year I mean it's not Dude, hip-hop acts let's talk on Coachella yeah. but yeah <laughs> I remember one year like it was CeeLo Green I wanted to like I wanted it was mm. like right when he was like going solo and shit and I was like fuck you exactly <laughs> and like I was like super excited to see CeeLo Green but then like it was like a 20 or 30 minute delay so only came out for like he did like maybe one or two songs oh, and then he had to dip because really? like scheduling yeah oh. and I was like god damn it Dude, fuck you CeeLo Green that happens well there's a lot of shit that happens too because yeah. I remember I went the last time I went in 2016 mm-hmm. Skepta was on the, the bill to perform right uh-huh. and he had fucking visa issues and he couldn't get to the country what? <laughs> so they had to cancel him but he went back last year and uh-huh. I'm pretty sure he played then mm-hmm. but I wasn't there last year so I didn't <laughs> give a fuck right I wanted to see him play I wanted to see him do Shutdown which would have been sick some mm-hmm. some grime shit some, some uh, international just like heavy fucking like let's go type shit you know <laughs> Like yeah. the just, it's got that energy, it's got that griminess to it, and I like the grime music's kind of cool for that, and it's kind of cool to listen to their accents too. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, Coachella this year, it's uh, I'm I'm probably not gonna go, but I'm still kind of on the fence because I I still want to go. And it should be fun, like regardless. I mean, Cardi B can't go wrong with Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, Cardi's gonna be there. Vince Staples Eminem, gonna be there. Vince Staples, I'm, looking, I'm definitely looking forward to Vince Staples. I would too, man. I would too, for sure. Um, who else is on the bill for uh, uh, the rap acts this year? I think Flatbush Zombies gonna be back there. Yeah, or? Flatbush Zombies is gonna be back. I'm actually seeing them afterwards. Oh yeah, Tyler the Creator is gonna be there. Oh Tyler, I've mean, already seen him. I think two or three times. Flower but, Boy, but that that Flower Boy album I really dig this year so uh what's that dude he's he had one of my favorite verses of uh, i think 2017 or 2016 when it was on the um he was on the s- telephone calls on the asap mob album oh yeah uh, his fucking verse on there is so nasty dude it is it, it was crazy it's almost as if like asap rocky in the first verse is almost egging him on to like keep doing <laughs> shit and it's just like he's like tell tyler to step his flow up and all this other shit like that <laughs> and I think they played that song at um at Camp Fogna. Telephone calls on your body, yes, lit. <laughs> <laughs> that, I love that song. That was like one of my favorites. Um, yeah, I, I I haven't even listened to Flower Boy like the like that. I've listened to like a little bit here and there. Yeah, it's a good album, but like mm-hmm. they uh, he did an NPR Tiny Desk concert mm-hmm. where he kind of made it like an acoustic version of a couple of those songs, and they came out really nice. Really, really. So you could vibe with it, kind of thing. But I mean, I doubt that's the type of original play at Coachella. But still, like, it's mm-hmm. he's definitely grown as as an artist over the past couple of years. I definitely agree. He's grown as a person for sure. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, like, my I had a I had a friend because I'm from Hawthorne and Tyler is also mm. from Hawthorne. Oh, is he from Hawthorne? I don't yeah, know. specifically. I think pretty sure it's Hawthorne, like that area nearby. Well, I th- I thought they grew up like uh, Baldwin Hills area. 
Mm. Uh, but I, I just know. I think he went to Hawthorne High. That could have been true, though. Yeah. Because uh, I had my buddy. He's he's from Hawthorne, like from my neighborhood, mm. and he was telling me like how he went to. He was in the same high school as Tyler, mm. and like he was just a fucking like, like typical like troublemaking. Oh yeah. Troublemaking I've, prankster. I've heard stories too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's like crazy, like. Like, I've, I heard stories, like, before he was famous, and then now I'm, like, seeing him right. about to perform at Coachella type shit. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, like, this one, uh, this one chick I knew in college, I can't even think of her name right now, but uh, she grew up, excuse me, um, she grew up with him as well, too, and I think she's from Baldwin Hills area also, oh, okay. and they just were just kind of the kids in the community, right? Just mm-hmm. the kids in the neighborhood, and I think they... Uh, like she used to have him over at her house, her parents' house, because her, her parents are, um, you know, fairly well off, and so they would like come over and hang out and things like that. I think she said that one time the whole crew, the whole like Odd Future crew, came through and they they're just like there's pranksters, they just do random shit. So they like rearranged their furniture like in their whole house, and they, she said that one time Tyler came over and just cooked all of the turkey bacon that they had in like their <laughs> fucking fridge, which sounds like something Tyler would do, right? Like, like. <laughs> little stupid pranks and shit like that like he was it's like little petty shit Tyler shit yeah I have another friend of mine my boy Isaiah mm-hmm. I need to get back on this I need him to get on this damn show bro I need you bro <laughs> it's gonna, gonna be uh, smashing some records on SoundCloud um cause people are just gonna be just wanting to witness this fire mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but he was telling me he grew up with uh a little bit with uh, Earl Oh, okay. Yeah, and he said that when he was at school, like in his uh, high school, his, I believe he went to Crossroads, and I think Earl also went to Crossroads there at the time, okay. and he was saying that it was like him and Earl were like the only two black dudes like in a particular class or something mm-hmm. like that, and so naturally they just kind of like, just kind of hit it off, yeah. and we just talked about rap music or whatever yeah. it was, and uh, so they, they kind of like knew each other a little bit that way, uh, I think is, uh, I can't, what's, what the fuck is his like government name, it's like... Uh, the Bay or Thebe, Thebe or something, something, something like yeah. that, like T H E B E or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Some, so, so they. It's called Earl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, he they, he didn't know him as Earl. Obviously, yeah. it was like the the. Oh okay. The, I guess the what I was trying to get to and stuff okay. like that. But yeah, he's just saying like yeah, just some some normal ass dude or whatever. Just like spit spit every you know here and there. But it's just like crazy to think of like oh shit like where he's at now. Yeah. Like, I remember when he was in uh, when Off Feature was first coming out and this motherfucker was not even anywhere to be found. Free Earl, Free Earl, and all this shit. Yeah, Eventually, he was, where was he, like, Samoa or somewhere like that? Somewhere like that. <sighs> he was on some, some random island somewhere, but... Dude, I know this Coachella lineup, a lot of people have been, like, so-so about it. I have a lot of friends who are really into, like, house music that are, like, really down on it. Oh, yeah, because... Because it's less house acts yeah. and stuff like that this year. Still, like, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I got the lineup right here. So, we got, yeah. we got like, The weekend. I've seen the weekend a couple times. So. Migos officially going to Coachella, as opposed to last year where they're like the featured guests for like every artist. Were they really? Remember they were playing Bad and Bougie like at every single, <laughs> every single act. Like, oh, the Migos are here. They're gonna play Bad and Bougie right now. Dude, I guess yeah, that's true. Like they played it for Future. I think they even came on during. No, I don't think they came on for Kendrick, but like they came on like mm-hmm. every hip hop related act. <laughs> Everybody else. Migos came on for like just a bit. Dude, just seeing Jamiroquai would be something else. Huh? Yeah, that'd be sick. Let's oh, see. you know what the big reason you should go to Coachella this year? Hmm. Los Angeles Azules. Yeah, dude. That's that's, that's gonna be a lit, that's gonna be a party right there. Yeah, that that'll be a good one, man. I love seeing like the uh, the hot Latino acts all the time too, because mm-hmm. it's like you know bitches gonna be there, bro. You got some <laughs> fine ass, high ass, bro. Oh man. <laughs> 
Man, that's why I was, I was kind of mad that I missed that Tropicalia Fest that they did last year. Oh, did uh, I don't know. If, yeah, I think they performed at that as well, too. But um, there was a lot of acts that were really dope. And um, they did it on the Queen Mary. Oh, yeah. In Long Beach. Los Tigres del Norte were there. And, like, a whole bunch of people. Um, but Felipe Esparza, the comedian, he hosted it. Oh. Yeah. And I was... Uh, it looked, like, really fun. Uh, I was talking to, actually somebody this weekend who actually went to it and they were saying that it was a really really good time but hmm. let's see who else we got we got uh dioro caluchis um Maceo plex alice in wonderland i've never seen her she'd be she'd be cool yeah black coffee would be cool i always look at like the little small ones belly belly the rapper from fucking <laughs> toronto he's actually not bad man really like i only i only know that one song with uh the weekend and i would not song uh might not make it yeah whatever yeah i do not like his verse in that song at all yeah that that song's whatever to me it's yeah. like eh but he actually has some other good good stuff though i don't i don't mind belly troy boy would be cool skip marley gotta see him marley skip marley yep dude i've seen um uh damien jr gong marley oh you have i saw him perform with nas when they did their album oh what yeah that's a good album yeah, really good album. I actually have it in my fucking bookshelf over there. Uh-huh. Uh, but they performed when I first came over here when they did like, I think they Rock the Bells. Oh. Or, yeah, I think they were on that tour. So I got to got to catch them a little bit. R.I.P. Rock the Bells. Yeah, man. R.I.P. That was a fun, con- that was a fun festival series. I miss, yeah, because it's like all rap, yeah. which is cool. Uh, it was, it was uh, yeah, I had a good time. I went one time, one year. Um got to see so many acts nowadays that like if you try to go see them individually it'd be like to go sit up in like the upper bowl it would sit it would cost you as much of what that whole weekend ticket cost you like um let's see we had i saw future i saw two chains there i saw uh kendrick lamar and the whole black hippie they played it as a black hippie set oh, fuck. yeah Damn. so i gotta see all of them perform i gotta see um e40 and too short i gotta see nas and uh damian marley there was method man and red man there was um my god there was dmx just showed up uh yeah dmx was amazing oh man it's so fun i think nipsey hustle was there currency showed up he was there i saw him um yeah that was like that pilot talking too like right there he was like he's like my favorite artist right there when it happened unfortunately one of my friends of ours it was like me and two of our friends uh-huh. and uh one of them like freaking got like dehydrated or like like uh i can't remember what happened. like heat stroke hit him or something uh, but we were like we, we had the best location right there at the front i had all my joints ready to go smoke <laughs> and burn like right there and uh he was like my favorite artist at the time and my homie just like hold on hold on and he just like, collapsed like right in front of me and i was like kind of too upset to like be cognizant and like actually wanting to help him and stuff like that. I'm like come on bro what the fuck bro like, moves, bro. yeah I mean, like, why the fuck did you drink water all day like <laughs> god damn it but uh yeah uh he ended up being alright we just had to watch it from like the very edge of it but I was I was like kind of butthurt during the show cause I was like fuck bro we're like right there yeah man so they played let me see who else was on that tour there was like so many people Oh, I got to see Bone Thugs play East 1999. The whole album. They did the whole album. 
Damn, dude, that sounds like a fucking epic rock the bells. That was it was pretty crazy. Like that type of that type of show you don't really see anymore. Nah, man, you really don't, and it's kind of kind of sad. You, the one thing you do see more often than before is a lot of older acts will tour together now. Yeah. Because they kind of realize that this is the best way for uh, all of us to kind of if we pull if we pull all of our name brand together, we can get enough people to kind of you know sell these things out or you know pay a little bit more than they normally would at like if it was an individual show, and um, yeah, get a little bit more collect the crowd. So I've noticed that it's a lot of the '80s like freestyle acts. They travel together a lot, like uh, Stevie B and like you know um, Sheila E and all these other. Mm-hmm. Uh, these other acts kind of like that. Pepper and shit. Yeah, exactly. You'll get Salt and Pepper that'll join the the act, and uh, um, some others. I'm trying to think like some of the R&B groups and stuff from like the '90s will will yeah. tour together. So you'll start you're starting to see some of the rap acts do that a little bit more than before. It's still like really regional though. Yeah. Rap even like from that era even to today, it's like so. Sometimes you'll get a. East Coast artist doesn't fuck with a guy from the from the from the South. Yeah. And the guy from the South might not fuck with a guy from the Midwest, and they might not all fuck with the dude from the from the West Coast or whatever. <laughs> so it's like politics yeah. and all that stuff too. But that's true. Oh man, back to Coachella though. Back to Coachella, Kamasi Washington. That's what I'm looking forward to. Oh yeah, some little little instrumental, some jazz, mm. some new jazz type music. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm seeing ooh, Justin Martin. I actually have seen Justin Martin at Coachella. I've seen him so many times. He's yeah, really good. I've seen him at EDC, I think, way back. I'm not look I'm I'm not that big on houses here, so that's why mm. like I wasn't really that concerned when like Right. Because like that's a hair tank gets way too packed anyway, so I'm like Yeah, it does. So I'd rather just go everywhere else and now I have a better opportunity to do that this year. It, it like used to be bearable or at least it'd be a lot yeah. more accessible and doable. And then I feel like the Coachella bros started coming more so often, yeah. and a lot of that those dudes you just camp out in that motherfucker, yeah. and until they freaking pass out or whatever. Like last time I went in 2016, when I went to see Zoo, bro, I've never seen a concentration of that many Asian people in my <laughs> life. In my life, <laughs> I never granted. I never been to Asia, <laughs> so I've never been to Tokyo, and I've seen and all that crazy shit. Like I've never been to Seoul or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I know it gets crazy, but in America, from where I've experienced, bro, <laughs> never in my life have I seen the concentration of Asians like in one get, place. Did I just get transported to Chinatown right now? <laughs> bro, it was insane. It was hilarious. As I was talking to Mark, uh-huh. I was supposed to meet up with Mark at that set too. Uh-huh. And because I left some of my friends because I was like, dude, I'm down to see Zoo. He's like one of my favorite, uh, you know, acts right now. Mm-hmm. And actually, I really enjoyed his set. Yeah. I didn't maybe necessarily enjoy being shoulder to shoulder with everybody, et cetera, et cetera. And it was insane because like once I, I got in there a little early before the set started. Right. Uh, and even at that point, it was still feeling like it was packed, claustrophobic yeah. a little bit. And it's just like shoulder to shoulder. Most of the time, before the you know the the main act comes on, there's a little room. Sometimes you can sit down or like uh, you can walk around and stuff like. Not, not, not with no, no chance, no, no chance, no chance. Yeah, I remember I went to see Catronada uh, last year. Catronada mm. last year. Yeah, Catra. Shout yeah. out to Catra. Huh? I love that dude. Shout out to Toronto. Uh, Montreal. No, Montreal. 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 Yeah. Montreal. My bad. Yeah. Sorry, Canada. All the French speaking. Wee wee wee. 
Um, but yeah, no, like I remember, like even like yeah, I got there maybe like ten minutes before the tent started, and like mm-hmm. it was it was like there was literally no space inside the tent. Like right, you had, had to be outside, and it was it was a fun set. But like like same mm-hmm. thing, like I was just shoulder to shoulder with everybody. Which, for most of the time, I'm pretty good at at like just being able to deal with stuff like that, and I was fine, honestly. It was just frustrating because I went to the tent and I told told Mark I was like, hey, meet me. I'm at the back of the tent, like I'm towards the back. And he, back left and he's like okay well you gotta be a little more specific like where are you <laughs> and he was literally probably about 10 no more than 15 feet away from me i could see mark i could <laughs> see him he was but he was there was about 30 people in between me and him <laughs> and there was literally no way there's he was no gonna, way, there was yeah. no way i was gonna be able to make it over there and there's no way he was gonna be able to make it uh to me so the whole set we're like not even more than 20 feet away from <laughs> each other and we we didn't even meet up until like after the set ended because he showed up like right as it began mm-hmm. and I showed up maybe about 20 minutes before it, it, it started so there it was it was insane it was fucking insane and there was another time when I saw Flume Ooh. I think it was 2014 or 2012 it was one of the first ones I went to mm-hmm. probably 2014 I think 2014 and it was uh, what's the what's the stage that's next to the outdoor the the you know, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, is it Gobi or... I think it's Gobi or Mojave. Whichever one that one is, it's the one that has a main exit in the back of the tent and then mm-hmm. two smaller exits on the sides. Okay. So um, normally if it's like a big tent, you can exit freely on the sides, right? Yeah. This one, it's a little bit more confined. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Flume was playing there Ooh. that year. And I can't remember who was playing the Sahara, but they should have fucking flipped them. <laughs> because... It was like a mushroom cloud of people coming out the top of like the the, the back exit, mm-hmm. and shoulder to shoulder, and you were like forty feet away from even being in the tent, and you can't even see like you can't even see yeah, into the exactly you can yeah. barely hear it. So on the sides too, it's like two other big ass mushroom clouds too. It's like uh, hundreds of people trying to fit in this little pathway, <laughs> and everyone's just bumping up against each other. And I walked past it, and I was like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> I went to the back. I snuck my way in. I got to, like, the very edge of the tent, like, the inside of the tent. I saw about, like, two-thirds of the set, and then some people started leaving, and then I was finally able to get to about, like, a tenth of the way into the tent, <laughs> like, maybe a little bit more past that. And, like, I, that was as close as I got the whole time, man. It was, like crazy it gets it gets insane yeah i remember like my first coachella like i had no problem like getting to the front of the sahara tent like mm. i could easily maneuver my way out into there and then yeah nowadays that's not even a thing to do anymore seriously um it's funny because like one of my coworkers, one of my new coworkers, mm-hmm. uh she just started like the end of last week mm-hmm. we're talking today and she's talking about like when she went to coachella last year okay. and how she went and stayed and was like one of the front people for like when Kendrick Lamar played oh shit and uh she was telling me how she stayed through who was it um she saw Lord and she saw like some other act and she stayed through it okay I never eventually ended up telling my side of the story too but like when I got to see Snoop and Dre I think was I with you? Was were you with me that time? I think time? I might have. Yeah, I think because remember there was a mosh pit before Snoop and Dre, right? Dude, were you part of our crew that got like almost lost in the mosh pit and like? I think so. 
I can't remember if I was with you at that point. Because um, I think we went, cause we, we went to Coachella together, somewhat together that year, because we met up a bunch right. of times. Right. I was just, like, all over the fucking place yeah, that year. I, I remember the artist that played before Kendrick was, like, at the drive-in, I think. Yes. At the drive-in. Yes. Yeah, I remember, yes. like... Like I was, we were just, I just remember I was just like, like standing through. I was like, I don't know what the fuck this music is. I'm just here for Kent. I'm just here for Dr. Dre and some Snoop. Oh my God. Well, what happened was the lineup at the main stage to end the weekend was, um, Justice. Oh yeah. At the drive-in and then Snoop and Dre. Mm -hmm. So I don't know who the fuck at the drive-in is. So the people who I was with were like, I'm like, I'm trying to see Justice. And they were like, I'm down to. So we all went, we all saw Justice and we were like very, you know, pretty close to the front mm -hmm. at that point, um, especially when people left. Yeah. So we move up naturally, right? And there's like about a 20 minute wait period in between the sets and all that where they're setting up the band and everything or they're taking down this, the, the DJ set and everything. Mm -hmm. So uh, we end up like meeting like this like, you know, short Asian chick or whatever. And by that point, we were pretty like dehydrated and exhausted and we didn't have any like uh we hardly had any water on us and stuff like mm. that and so we were just trying to so we weren't trying to move too we weren't trying to lose our spot so yeah. we we're like all right we're just hunkering down right here for the next couple hours and we met this chick and she had like this big old piece of watermelon i remember <laughs> and she like we took the watermelon we split it in fours and we all ate pieces of the watermelon we gave her a little bit of the water that we had and then like two minutes later and the drive-in comes on. <laughs> and as it's happening, we're just having a conversation, talking to this chick. And then it's just, we don't even hear the band. It's the people behind us that rushed the stage was just like, <sighs> like a tsunami of people. I'd never seen anything like that. And this chick disappeared in two seconds. <laughs> like, like, oh my God. It was never like, never seen again. Never saw her ever again in my life. And to this point. And uh, <laughs> we'll rule it out. Uh, but yeah, so we lost her and I have three other buddies and I'm grabbing them on their shoulder. I'm grabbing another dude over my left hand on his shoulder and they're grabbing me by both shoulders, right? Mm -hmm. And we're holding on each other like shoulders or arms yeah. and the, the massive amount of people and the pressure that was pushing us was pushing us in all these sorts <laughs> of different directions. It was like you were lost in a whirlpool of mm -hmm. people, of like actual people and, uh, somehow some way we didn't lose that connection we still like didn't lose each other and we saw people just getting just like pushed like like 20 yards away from like where they first started like it was insane and uh the body heat from like the people that were there i remember that you couldn't breathe in that so every so often yeah. yeah you had to stick your head up above like the the level of the people or at least i could mm -hmm. i'm sure you could too yeah. these were of similar height um, one of my friends is like 6'4", so he was just chilling over here, <laughs> like above fresh the crowd. Air. Yeah, he had all the fresh air, and I'm going to do, I got asthma and shit, I'm going, <laughs> all dusty like, yeah, all dusty, the end of the weekend, so you're done, you're tired, it's like, uh, not, not fun, but that was insane. There would be little, uh, like pockets of like time where like the, the song would stop, and then everybody would stop for a second and I'd just be like <laughs> catching my breath like trying to figure out what the hell happened and then and like it starts up again I'm like no worse is when they like I don't think I was with you then but because I remember I remember there was one point where they tried to do that wall of death shit yes and they couldn't even do it yeah and like I remember, I remember one point they actually like got like it managed to get like a good like 10 feet 10 20 feet of separation I'm like why is there so much space? And then I just see like people like getting ready to charge. I'm like, oh 
fuck. So I, just, like, <laughs> I like, tried to move as, as much to the edge as possible, and that's where I actually used my opportunity to get like pretty much like five people away from the mm-hmm. from like the front. Right. So I was able to like, and then from there I just held on. I'm like, I'm gonna stay here, and I'll just stay here for Kendrick. Dude. I mean for uh for Dr. Dre and Snoop and. Bro, it was the body heat was so much that my legs were cramping. My legs were cramping. My shirt was just drenched. <laughs> it, it had been dried because, um, like, just Coachella the sun. Heat, yeah, yeah. The, the heat. It got completely drenched again. My shorts were completely drenched. Um, at one point, someone stepped on my foot, and I was wearing chucks. And my shoe came on off in the middle of, like, the, the song when everybody was going crazy, right? <laughs> at one point, I, like, just, just went for it. I stuck my head down below the people looked around for two seconds, found my shoe that was off because someone stepped on my like shoelace and it undid it, grabbed the shoe with my left hand, poked back up, found my friend, put my arm back around my friend, and then just didn't lose him like the whole time. And it was just like fucking like a tsunami tidal wave of people and everything. And it was, it was insane. Um, yeah, by the end of it, when Stupid Dre was going on, I, almost, I was just super uncomfortable because my fucking legs were like this cramping. And I get cramps like in my legs really bad, mm-hmm. and I sweat a lot too. Yeah. So it was, it was, oh man, it was that was rough. That was like one of the toughest things like physically that I've like had to like try to endure. Yeah. But it was fucking worth it because Snoop and Dre was so Super good. Dre, Tupac hologram. Oh my god, Kendrick showed up. Kendrick. Wiz yeah. Khalifa showed up. Fifty Cent showed up. Eminem showed up. Uh, am I missing somebody? Um, they did a Nate Dogg tribute. I remember. That's right, yeah. Um, cause he had just passed away, mm-hmm. dude. Uh, yeah, and I was really close. I was like about toward the distance mm-hmm. where you were. Yeah, I think I think yeah. we were like, we were. I think we might have been like, cause you know it's separate. I think we were mm-hmm. on opposite sides. I think you're probably right. Cause you were with Lang and uh, yeah, I was with Lund- D Lang Lundberger. Yep, I was with Aaron, and then I was with I think our buddy Phil mm-hmm. Phil Lombardo. He was with us yeah. too. So we that was us four. We were the, we were the four people who. who kicked it with each other for like the end of that that uh that weekend mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that, I, I can't do that anymore like just oh man it's like, well, it's tough like, yeah and also like my music tastes have like have expanded too so like mm-hmm. i don't want to i wouldn't want to sit through at the drive-in when i can just see somebody else and i don't mind being a little further back to catch Dre. true true yeah i guess it's probably like less hype beast or whatever mm-hmm. like we're just less like uh hyped on like shit like that yeah um yeah there was a who the heck was it there was somebody that i was like kind of hyped to see but then it was going to be like a long wait or something like that so i just said ah screw it i'll go see somebody else and like i've done that at coachella the last couple times that i've gone and that's the great thing about coachella too though true true options true like i remember red hot chili peppers was closing out i think that 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 same year Uh like the like the second night of the first night okay and i was like all right i like red hot chili peppers they're cool but fucking ASAP Rockies performing right now. There's probably gonna be nobody there. I'm probably gonna have a great time. It's gonna be intimate. He had just dropped his first mixtape. I was really up on the blogs at that point, so I was just every new rapper I was on their nuts. Um, and ASAP was one of those guys that I was like, all right, this dude's fucking dope. And so I went and saw him, and that shit was pretty damn memorable, man. Like it was, it was awesome. The funniest thing that I remember seeing in that show though was, uh, dude, I remember seeing Yams was on stage, dude, like R.I.P. Yams before he passed. Um, yeah, so he he did his whole set, right? And then at the end of it, like, whoever's DJing just plays some, like, Waka Flocka, and they're just dancing on stage, right? They're just having a good time, and people are starting to leave and stuff like that. I see this one, like, uh, dude 
come up from the back of the crowd. I think I was by myself even, man. Like, it's just like, it was like, fuck it. I'm going yeah. to see them what I want to see. So I see some dude who, like, from the back of the crowd, he, like, walks up, and he's got a fucking big-ass bottle of codeine. <laughs> like, a big one, like a thick, chunky one. Uh-huh. Like, not the normal size that you, that you give you prescription. Like, a bigger one. Yeah. And, um, or, like, promethazine. I can't remember. Some, some cough syrup, right? Mm-hmm. And ASAP Rocky, he's very into lean and all this stuff. So he's he dabbles. And uh, he goes up to the front of the stage, right? Or, like, towards the front. And he goes, um... Uh, what the fuck does he say? He goes, oh, he just goes, hey, yo, Rocky. And I see he gets ASAP Rocky's attention. The dude, he like turns his neck. Boom. He stares right into the crowd. He sees the dude with the fucking <laughs> huge ass thing of fucking Bo. Uh-huh. And, and the guy, he like, his eyes like shot up. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> and the guy takes it and just like over his head, chucks it up to the stage. Right perfect toss and everything uh, didn't didn't even rocky didn't even move it was like tossed it it fell right into his left hand he just goes like this he catches it puts his up in the air like the most triumphant like he's like <laughs> yes <laughs> like like, like like he was the most hyped i had seen him the whole time when he was there like he's just more hyped to get the fucking lean than he was to even perform at coachella and shit like that big ass bottle of lean, <laughs> you know? he was like yes <laughs> This bottle of lean is more than he got paid for this weekend. Dude, it might have been. <laughs> right? But what was crazy was like, I like saw that whole exchange happen, looked around, didn't see anybody else paying attention. And I was like, did I fucking really just see that shit? <laughs> I was like, is that real? Shit. Did that fucking really happen? Oh, I wonder if Coachella, crazy shit like that. Oh, man. And then how about... um. The one time I was walking, I want to say the last time I was there, 2016, mm-hmm. we were walking to the main stage for the end, like, of the weekend, uh, not not the act the weekend, but for the, for the Coachella weekend, and guess who's walking opposite direction of, like, the whole, like, crowd moving that way? Okay. Freaking Tiesto. What? He's walking with his girlfriend, and I didn't recognize Tiesto. What drew my attention was this guy running across the the stream of the of the people to like go run up to this guy, and he taps him on the shoulder, and he gives him like a hug or something or a handshake, and then I look over and I see that the dude he gave the hug to was like fucking Tiesto. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! <laughs> Walking with no security, no one. Like, wasn't it? Well, some dude because I know my um. One of my friends, uh, his dad runs a security company, mm-hmm. and he does. And on the side, he does private. He used to do private security for Katy Perry. Okay. So like, if like if you ever see a picture of like a Katy Perry at Coachella, mm-hmm. like you'll see my friend's dad like just chilling in the back, but like kind of incognito. True, but, true. So I mean, like there might have been security. You just you can't really tell. Like it, I, I it did not I, look like it because it was like those two. It was like him and his girlfriend, and I couldn't see anyone else walking in the same direction, like parallel with them. But it could have been. They could have been. They, they, you know, I may have not seen them, but that's what it looked like to me. But well, you could be wrong. I mean, because I know, I know, I saw. A, well, no, it was, it was a bit different because I saw a basketball player. I can't remember what basketball player I saw, but I just remember. Cause I just remember somebody like, oh, that's so and so, and I was like, mm-hmm. that, that makes sense because he was like seven. He was like six foot eight. Yeah, yeah like. Mm-hmm. That guy obviously plays in the NBA, <laughs> right? It's and like, he's just like chilling there with his like posse of like homies and shit. Right, right, yeah. And it's crazy. You can run into like celebrities and not even know it. You know the comedian Chris D'Elia? Yeah, 
I saw him there in 2012. What? At the um, not the Yuma tent, but uh, fucking what's what's the what's the little like house stage where the Heineken house? Not the Heineken house, but the the other one where they they uh, it's outdoors. Um, the Doolab. Doolab. Oh, Doolab. We're chilling in the Doolab, and at right around that time, I had just saw um, Workaholics. Oh, okay. There's an episode where he's in there. Uh, where it's like the the penthouse penthouse. Uh, oh. <laughs> you, you remember that episode? Uh, so that's like the first season. I had just seen that episode like a couple weeks before, you know, recently. And so it was in my mind that like I had I, I looked at I was looking at him and he played the character and I recognized the character. I didn't recognize him because I didn't I wasn't familiar with his comedy or anything yeah. like that at the time. So I'm like looking at the guy and he's got this fedora on and he's like chilling with this girl and he's like, I've fucking seen you before, bro. I was like. <laughs> the fuck do I know this guy? And then eventually I put two and two together. I think it was after the fact, mm. after Coachella weekend was over. And I was like, oh shit, it's Chris D'Elia. And I, I didn't know who he was that yeah. well. or uh, I kind of recognized the name, but it was funny because uh, I like looked on, like he went on Twitter and he was just like, no, I am not at Coachella right now or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, you're exactly. definitely at Coachella. Because, <laughs> you know, it's probably everybody's, like, yeah. adding him, like, yeah, Crystalia, yo, I thought I just saw you right now, all that <laughs> shit like that. But, oh, that was pretty pretty crazy. Uh, but, yeah, you, find, you run into random celebrities like that yeah. every so often. But, uh, who else is on this year's bill? Who else is looking? Uh, looking good. There's a, there's like a shit ton of people, man. Yeah. Chromio again. Gotta see my namesake. <sighs> yeah, right. <laughs> Have you seen him before? No, and I really want because like mm. he's from he's from LA, right? He's, he's LA. yeah. He's like, what is he like Pedro? I think he's actually he's from San Pedro. Yeah. yeah. I think he's shout from. Shout out to Pedro. Shout out to Pedro, man. Yeah, Miguel Jantel. Yeah, man. He's uh he's good. His his last album was actually really good. I like that. One. Yeah, it's a good album. I've been, yeah. I've been bumping it. Yeah. Bumping some of those tracks. Did you see the uh, I think Vivo or someone did like a little documentary documentary that they did with him? No. Where he goes with like his his brother and his dad and mm-hmm. they go back to his dad's like uh, where he's from in Mexico. Oh. I think he's from Michoacan also too. Oh shit. Because I remember him he was he was checking out the monarch butterflies. Oh. And they actually went to the, like this little small pueblito where they make like homemade guitars mm-hmm. and he bought like a whole bunch of them from there. Yeah. And, uh, probably getting ready for for his role for singing in Coco. Yeah, probably. Honestly, at the time that that you know what I didn't even think about that too. Yeah, that that's a good movie too, Coco. Dude, I still haven't seen it, dude. What? And that's why I got I, I just got a I got a, a movie rental pass, and that's uh-huh. gonna be the one that I see for sure with it. Okay. Because I'm gonna watch it this well, week. Oh, you have uh, movie pass? Uh, I got like uh through Voodoo. Oh, Voodoo. Yeah. I would like to say if you have a USB, I have it on my I have it on my laptop. You can just if you have a USB that has mm-hmm. like a one gig, I think it's less than a gig. Hmm. I can just transfer it over. I might. Uh, I'm not you sure. You have to. It's, a, it's definitely a great movie, and that's the song. The song he sings. Yeah. No, I know. Perfect. I've. I've. Well, what's crazy is when it first came out, uh-huh. I was kind of broke, so that was that mm-hmm. situation. And then I actually had money one weekend, and I tried to go to a movie theater for like their last showing mm-hmm. in Huntington Park okay. on HP. And I show up to the movie theater, and because I knew they had that bullshit, I uh, like uh, um, preview the thing at the beginning. It was like a twenty minute like other. Uh, oh, the Olaf adventure. Yeah. Exactly, and I was trying to skip all that bullshit, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna show up a little later. 
So I showed up, and they're like, the theater was already fucking closed. I was like, you guys still selling tickets for this last showing? They're like, no, we're done. We're not selling anymore. I'm like, God damn it. No. Damn. So that was my one chance, and then I got lazy, and then I haven't seen it. But, yeah. No, that's a bad excuse, though. <laughs> uh, I definitely really want to see it, for sure. Yeah, it's- a great film and like there's so many things you can relate to like mm-hmm. i mean even more so for you because like yeah. mexican culture like there's things i could relate just like as a latin american but like yeah. i'm sure there's even more things for you definitely and that's what like everyone's saying and like my uh my dad was crying through it and all this other stuff too oh, yeah. so i'm like I, I definitely i'm not i'm not gonna I yeah have no shame. i cried during that oh for sure i would have no shame either yeah. too i probably will when i see it but uh it was uh Sometimes I'm not that emotionally ready for stuff like that mm. all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think that's why I don't necessarily watch horror movies all the time because mm. I just I don't like that sense of just anxiety sometimes mm. that you just get in the movie. Um, it's like not in a good way. Although when I watched Get Out, I felt it in like a good way. That oh, way. Yeah, but that was just a different type of movie. It's a different type of movie yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of shit. A lot of shit. I definitely got to watch that. Let's see. Who else we got on here, though? Miguel, like you said. Uh, you going to see go, uh, French Montana? <laughs> yeah, French Montana. Brock Hampton is going to be there. Amine. Amine. Uh, Kamaya. Ooh, you got to watch Kamaya. Kamaya? Kamaya is this chick. She's like this, uh, this like chick from the bay okay and she's a she's a dope rapper she's got yeah. this song like how does it feel to be rich or whatever it's, okay and it's like that's a good one she's got a song called petty with the e40 that's pretty good um she's got some she's got some good like vibey like party music it's kind of like 90s fun rap is kind of okay. how it feels uh, I'll, definitely, I'll definitely give her a yeah check it out she's got some cool stuff for sure i like her um but i like know her just because she's like a bay rapper mm-hmm. Princess Nokia, she's pretty cool. Um, she's like a uh, New Yorkian chick. Um, she's into that brujeria shit, you know. Okay. Uh, so she's kind of got that vibe going. There's a Jidena, 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 Yeah, I didn't know how to pronounce it, but I've, I've heard his music before, and it's, and it's yeah. pretty sick. He was, I remember hearing. Yeah, I remember he had a bit, he small part in um, that Marvel show. Oh. With the black guy. Um, oh, Iron Fist? No, 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 not Iron Fist. That's a white guy. Oh, um, I know what you're talking about. Power Man. Oh, God. What the hell? Why am I blanking on that name? It's not Black Lightning. That's a different one. Yeah, that's a, that's a DC. That's a DC one. Oh, good man. Luke Cage. Luke Cage. That's the one. Yeah. I didn't yeah. finish watching that, man. It's a good show. Yeah. Well, it, the first half is good, the second half is okay. Yeah, that's what I kind of heard, so I kind of just, I was kind of like, eh, on it already, <laughs> so. Uh, oh, somebody else, They. Have you seen They, or do you know about They? I do not know about They. They, uh, they are, <laughs> of, uh, like, a duo. It's, okay. like, the two black dudes from, like, Colorado. Okay. Um, and they're, like, uh, they rap in kind of sing style, okay. and they are under the same label management as Zoo. Okay. Um... And so that's how I know about them, but they've got some good shit. They've got some good singles. Um, uh, what the hell was it? Uh, you write. There's a song called "You Write," like the the letter U and then R I T E mm-hmm. by them. That's really good. That I would recommend to check out. Um, Another artist I'm gonna recommend is uh, Jason Bentley. Oh yeah, because he does the KCRW. KCRW. Shout out to KCRW. Yeah. 
Definitely. They got some good shit. They got good programming. Morning becomes eclectic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barclay Crenshaw, that you know who he is? Oh, what's, isn't he? It's an alter ego for somebody, it's right? It's Christian Martin's alter ego. Yeah, that's right. It's like his, uh, oh no, not Christian Martin. It's, uh, um, was it fucking? Look it up. Oh my God, now I gotta look it's it up. Yeah, it's gonna bother me if you don't look it up. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, um, it's like a hip hop, like producing alter ego. Mm-hmm. Um, Claude Von Stroke. That's oh, that's, that's right. the dude. Not that's, Christian Martin. Claude, yeah. dude, two heavy set white dudes in, in <laughs> Dirty Bird. <laughs> Damn it. Easy to mix them up. <laughs> right? Yeah, so it's Claude's. Uh, that's his government name, actually, is Barclay Crenshaw. Oh. Yeah, one of my friends, my friend Will, he's like a big house head. And he like uh-huh. told me about this like when it happened. It's like my friend Will and my friend Sully. But um, they kind of like listen to the same type of music. They're like, dude, this is like this new, like, uh, uh, Claude Von Stroke's got a new alter ego called Barclay Crenshaw. And I was like, oh, shit. And he, he was like, yeah, that's his actual government name is Barclay <laughs> Crenshaw. I'm like, that sounds more of like a made-up name than Claude Von Stroke <laughs> yeah. does, though. So I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> this doesn't make weirdest sense. Names, yeah. It's weirdest as hell. Um, let's see who else is on here. Daniel Caesar from uh, the first first day. Some good R and B music. I've heard. I've, I like. I haven't listened to any of his stuff, but I keep seeing Daniel Caesar like the name pop up all over I, the I place. I have a feeling he's gonna get yeah. bigger this year because he's got a good voice. Cool, cool. I'm always down to learn about more. You know who's a, that's a good like R and B act is uh, Sonder. Sonder. S O N D E R. S O N D E R. It's like uh, it's like a trio. Okay. It's like two producers and one singer. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly who's a member of it, but I remember uh, at the end of the year, I looked at a lot of the, the year-end lists and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I listened, I, I uh, took a listen to their, their some of their songs. They got some good stuff there. Ooh, another artist I'm looking forward to is uh, Greta Von Fleet. They're a little rock, but like mm-hmm. their sound kind of just sounds like old school Led Zeppelin kind of thing, so oh, I feel okay. like it'll be dope to just listen to that type of music, just a little change of pace. Mm-hmm. Toward- Towards like most of the things I usually listen to. That's very true. That's what's so cool, man, uh, about Coachella is you can just like roam around wherever, whatever vibe you're you're feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. Who do we see? Uh, Death Lips or Death Wish or like one of Death Grips? Death De- Grips. Death Grips. We Death saw Grips. we saw them. We walked into their stage like for about five to ten minutes like <laughs> uh, last time in 2016. Uh-huh. Holy fuck! Like the, on on the stage. It was like a projection of like, um, you know how like they did the uh, um, um, Seven Nation Army music video where it's like oh, yeah, there's yeah. an image con- continually coming at you, continually coming at you, continually, it gives you like that that perspective. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, um, but you know how like it was going through the legs, right? It goes through the legs of the next yeah. character. So it kind of looked like that, except it was just like two legs just like in place with like a white background. It, or like uh, no it was like white like empty space in the middle and then in the empty space was a tongue just going <laughs> like non-stop like just the whole time and it was just like that image like two fat images up on stage and it's just that motherfucker just going crazy <laughs> and I was like where the fuck are we <laughs> like god damn well, what's crazy is we left that stage and then we got to see Anderson Pack next <laughs> Complete change of face. And Pack was like my favorite set the whole weekend. Man. That's that's the one reason I wanted to go to Coachella 2016 was for Pack. And oh man, he was so amazing. He he's like one of my favorite artists because of that. Like, yeah. So good. And then Malibu, 
and freaking Venice, and he had the the No Worries album. Yeah, no Worries album. Yeah, they were all really really good music. The music he did help uh, for the uh, for Dr. Dre was really good. Um, Compton album. The Compton album was really good when he was on that too. Uh, or um, what else was he on? He was on. Um, I think the Games album, I want to say, he was on there, too. Yeah, I think he was featured on one or two tracks. Yeah. On documentary. Right. Two. Documentary 2, 2.5 or something like that. Mm-hmm. One of those. Yeah, he's really good, man. He's got the my favorite Instagram feed out of, like, anybody. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll, I'll, like, show it to you. It's, like, pretty pretty crazy. It's, like, one of those, like, artsy Instagram feeds where you have oh, to have okay. nine images to kind of match it up. Oh, uh, okay, okay. You know? Or three at a time, yeah. pretty much. So... You gotta have like uh, somebody who's uh, um, who somebody somebody got access to like my passwords and shit. This isn't cool. This is not cool. I had to like reset like a certain password today, Damn. and it just said somebody logged out into my. Maybe it's that Broncos fan again. Fuck. With you. I know you're right. You might be right. Might be Case Keenum. Oh shit! Yeah, Case. Fuck you, Case. <laughs> God damn it. Let me let me check this out. Let me see. No, I'm allowed to sign in here. Huh. Hmm. Let's see. Um Hmm. This is riveting podcast stuff right here. <laughs> the quiet before this. I'm just I'm just going through this list right now. I'm waiting. I'm also waiting for the Do Lab set to get announced because that's not that doesn't get announced until like the week before Coachella, and those always have interesting mm-hmm. acts. And each that's day true. they always have the surprise, the surprise headliner. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, the Do Lab and all that stuff. Yeah, like you never know who the headliner is until like you're actually there. Right. We had What's So Not my year, mm-hmm. which was I remember, awesome. I remember I think like Rufus the Soul was also there your year. Ooh yeah. I didn't go every night though. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who else was there. You know who who we forgot to mention for this year's Coachella that we've been talking all this time? Mm. Queen B. Oh, that's right, Beyonce, man. Beyonce, Queen B. Shout out to the Queen. Like that's that's one. If I was to go to the front of the line, it'd be for her. For her, yeah, for sure. I'd be like the only guy there amongst like a sea of girls. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad thing to be. That's true. I was that's a communication true. studies major. It worked <laughs> out pretty well for me at the time. <laughs> oh man. Why is my Instagram not fucking working on my iPad? This shit is annoying as shit. Oh, oh, oh. There you go. I couldn't log you in. What? Hmm. So yeah, one of my goals for uh, this year's Coachella is to go into the, uh, go into that like Latin like surfer rock tent. Like it's usually right by the beginning of the when you enter. Hmm. It, like one of the things people don't know is that that spot is actually air like has uh, has its own air conditioning oh, and there's okay. usually not that many people so it's a good spot to hide out and like mm. just cool down and like usually they have like some good line rock or some surfer rock too gotcha gotcha it's a good place and usually there's couches too so it's like a fun little spot remember i think I, we went last year with my buddy and like we just went there because one of our friends wanted to see uh wanted to see an act that was playing there and it was just it was just a fun time because it was just like they're just playing Latino music and shit, and people were getting down. Fuck yeah! 
It was wild. It was a good time. Dude, speaking of like that type of vibe and that type of music, this weekend on Saturday, I went to this event called Scam and Jam. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it or no. anything like that. Have you heard of like the Chulita Vinyl Club? No. Um, or like the brand called Belladonna? Or Belladonna? Belladonna? Donna? Donna? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, what they do is they just put on these like, uh, um, like events. Mm-hmm. This one was at the Regent. They do them at like those type of venues. And okay. they, they're like oldies, like, um, um, like lowrider type music vibe okay. and shit. And um, sometimes I'll play like hip, some hip hop shit in there too and stuff. And uh, it was like really fun actually. It was like cool being a part of that vibe and just like everybody in the whole venue was just like feeling it for the most part um were there like people dressed in like rockabilly style clothes a little bit not like that pompadour haircut (laughs) there was some there was some dressing up like like cholitas and all that stuff Mm -hmm. like that um it was really really cool time and i'm down to like go to some of the new ones and stuff like that too um i've been wanting to go to some of their events for a while and they got canceled one time or I've been busy and stuff like that because I think they do it like monthly hmm. and me and my friend uh, VJ we actually got to go this time because we, we've been talking to each other about it for a while hmm. but uh, yeah, dude, check out Anderson Pack's like freaking Instagram though okay. it's like just scroll through it it's crazy so like every so he does it like in sections right uh-huh. and they all flow to each other but there's always a video and like every time he does like a release Oh, so there's okay. a video element every time and every time he does like a, another update on the Instagram it's like for a reason so he has like a single out or he did like a, an interview or a performance or something like that it's all related to that damn that's pretty that's a pretty sick Instagram and it goes back for like a couple of years that he's been doing this too uh, like a, at least like a I think about two years now since since I started noticing it mm-hmm. um, uh, just about because before he had it like a normal Instagram feed and I remember when I first followed him, it was like he had just started doing that stuff. Uh, so you got to see it grow. Yeah, man. Like, That's crazy. Look how, look how fucking deep this goes, dude. Like, it just goes forever. And yeah. it's just like image on image on image. And it's like Photoshop together. And, and I mean, it's crazy. Say that's when like, No Worries came yeah. out. Like, it's, it's insane. It's freaking. That's, yeah. The artistic, like, four, four, here we go. This is like when it first starts. It's like when he, he did like his tour. Oh, and it's Coachella, Coachella, yep, and like all his performances and stuff when Malibu first came out. That's when that's when he did it. It's because he did it for like his this tour here. Yeah, it was crazy though. I was like, yeah. oh shit! And I like I came up on it. I was like, damn! Like he he has like some guy that helps him with the seat now. It's yeah. like just the normal ones. Yeah. And then Malibu, I guess, was the first one. Even yeah, that's crazy. Even back then, man, it's just like every single thing that he's done like every single that he releases uh Smalibu again the free nationals back there it's like uh snoop when he was on snoop dog ggn like when he went to the late show when he toured europe like it's like bro it's pretty insane yeah i always tell people like dopest instagram <laughs> i agree i definitely agree now it's like a lot of force for like uh um, a lot of thought went into it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of planning, and whoever is the person that like helped him put this together is like, they deserve some kudos, man. This goes 20, 2016 man. Double XL freshman cover, like <laughs> you'll see all these people that's on it. Yachty, <laughs> designer, Dave East, uh, uh, little Dicky, <laughs> little Dicky, 
um, Anderson, Lil Uzi Vert, 21 Savage, Kodak Black. I uh, don't know who that guy is. And then that is um, um, Denzel Curry. Mm. Denzel Curry is fucking raw, bro. Yeah. I'll fuck with him. Dude, this last year I got lucky. You know how like Brownies and Lemonade puts on these shows all oh, the time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, did, he performed at one of the shows and actually got to be on stage while he was performing at oh, that yeah. show. And after he did Ultimate, like, uh, I was so fucking high. I was jumping around and shit. <laughs> he came over to the side, and I was just, like, gave him a big old dab. I was like, fuck yeah, bro. That shit is dope. It was like, oh, man. Just the way that full flows is just, like, insane. It's just, like, uh, it's like a uh, taking a propane tank and just, like, just taking an open flame to it. Just, that's, how, that's how I feel like he raps. It's just, yeah. like, just, like, coming at you. The, For sure. The fire's coming at you. Oh, is it him and Beyonce when Beyonce was performing with the at the Dodger Stadium? Is it? I think so. I think that's what that's from. Damn. Dope Instagram, that's for sure. Dude, they're like all flows together, man. It like just never stops. And like it's doesn't even like it's not even like a thing where like it stops and then it becomes another picture. Like they kinda mm-hmm. they're like he has it like planned out. Yes. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's just like hardly any breaks like that right yeah. there. They designed the shit out of it. Look at the fucking crocodiles. Upside <laughs> down crocodile. Damn. Dude, like, that's crazy, man. His freaking knowledge and shit. Look at that. He's drumming on mushrooms and shit. <laughs> like, the details that's in it, too, is like, hats off, man. Yeah, I've been lucky to see him twice. Oh, you saw him a couple times? Yeah, I saw him at um, that Power 106 show. And then okay. I think I saw him at what was the other time I saw him at? What? Was he at Camp Logano? Not when I was there, or not the years I've gone. Mm. Possibly could have been. He was either at Camp Logano or he was at. Why am I blanket? I, I've seen him twice. I know I've seen him twice. I know okay. one of them was for that Power 106 concert. Right. And it was whatever because, like, mm-hmm. I wasn't that into the other acts that were performing that, that year. Okay. Like, I was mostly there to see Cube mm. and Pac. And that was... Cube was a fun experience because not a lot of people were singing along. Like, he was playing, like, some of his, like... <laughs> some of his, like, old the, shit? Some of the yeah. old shit. People were, like... He was like, all right, sing along. And then everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like what the fuck? Like, oh, come on. Like, are you guys not from L.A. or what? It's like, no, nah, they want him to perform his uh, his uh, solo. Or not solo, his fucking, his role in uh, uh, Are We There Yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, do some acting. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny, though, you say that. I think Cube is a little bit more of like that is his his music is kind of like stayed in that era a little bit oh yeah when it, it probably deserves not to like cause <laughs> it's so good yeah uh some of that stuff is amazing he's deserves he, he i think he's underrated as a rapper just because people view him more so as as like yeah. an, an actor or just being a part of the film industry because mm-hmm. he did write friday so mm-hmm. we got to give him credit for that he yeah. wrote the screenplay for that it's a brilliant movie um but yeah, a lot of his stuff gets kind of pushed to the to the to the side. Same with uh, like same with like any artist that like jumps over like Ice T. Yeah. Like, that people forget like he he's a hard ass rapper too. Like he 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 earned he deserved he earned some respect with his music career as well. But most 80s, people, eh? 
Yeah, but most people remember him for his role in, what is it, CSI or whatever? Or yeah. no, is it Law and Order? Law and Order, yeah, Law I think Order, it's Law yeah. and Order. It's one of those long-running yeah. syndicated, you know, yeah. crime drama <laughs> TV shows that's yeah. like apparently number one in the country, but nobody watches it. So. Yeah. I'm like, who, like, I don't know anybody who watches it. <laughs> one of those ones, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ice Cube, I got to see him at Coachella also, too. Oh, yeah? He brought out a common. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, apparently, well, because they had beef in the 90s yeah. that I had forgotten about when I saw them there, <laughs> and they brought it up. They're like, yeah, man, this is some dude who I didn't, but like, we're, we're acting together because we're both coming out in Barbershop 3, because <laughs> it was coming out right at that time. <laughs> and uh, so they like performed on the songs from the movies, and his son actually came up and uh, oh, O'Shea. was on stage too. Yeah, O'Shea, O'Shea Jr. O'Shea Jr. But I was mad because of the other weekend, they got Dre that showed up, so I was like, fuck. Oh, no, they didn't get Dre. They got the NWA reunion that showed up. So it was Dre. It was uh, Yella. It was MC uh, Ran. And then Ice Cube. All the, the you know, all the remaining living members. Yeah. Living members, right. Shout out to Easy R.I.P. Um, yeah, so I was like a little <clears throat> bad because of that. But it's crazy the different like guest acts that come mm-hmm. on. Yeah. I remember Nas playing... Uh, it's 25th year anniversary of Elmatic, mm. um, uh, and so we played that top to bottom. But uh, he brought out a guest. Now I had a feeling that I knew this guest was gonna be there because Solange was playing earlier in the evening, and the rumor came out or like the word spread that oh my God, Beyonce showed up and was at Solange's set. So I'm like. Hmm, let me put on my hat here. Let's see. So Solange played, meaning Beyonce's here. Beyonce's got a spouse that is a musician as well, and Jay-Z. If Jay-Z's here and he knows Nas is here, there's no way he's not going to come over here. Like, he's got to make his presence known, right? Like, Jay-Z's too, like, a little bit of a petty motherfucker where it's like, if you think you're, like, you're going to show up and show out and he has a a way to kind of put you down a peg, he's going to try to do that shit, right? Holy shit. Sometimes it's, like, respectful, because this time it was respectful, but you could still tell, like, that was the motivation. He was trying to upstage him, yeah. A little bit, right? Or it's like, y'all, y'all remember me, motherfucker? Like, it's like, (laughs) don't forget about Hope. Like, but what happened is, uh, they were playing, Nas was playing, what song? That diss track song? No, 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 no. It would, that would have been insane if they both would have did. If he would have done Ether and then uh, um, Jay Z wanted to take over, <laughs> like if they would have done that back and forth, like as in a joking way, dog, that would have been legendary. Shit. Fuck. But uh, nah, Nas did. Uh, um, uh, what's the song? Um, it's uh, it's against the line. He's like, I want the presidents to represent. Oh, whose world is this? Oh, whose world? Yeah. So he goes, I want the presidents to represent me. Get money. And then the DJ stopped it as he performed it live, played it back a second, and he goes, I want the presidents to represent me. Get money. And then he stopped it, played it back a third time. I want the presidents to represent me. Get money. And then after the third time, it goes doom doom doom, and it drops into <laughs> fucking uh, um, Dead Presidents or whatever by Jay Z. Uh-huh. And he walks out on stage as it happens, uh-huh. and like the crowd was going crazy. Like, Oh shit! And I'm just going in the crowd. I'm like, I fucking knew it! I fucking knew it! You knew it, motherfucker! 
Like I was like, yes, he came through, <laughs> came through. But yeah, he performed. Uh, he performed that song and then like just got off the stage and gave him dabs. But that was a dope moment though. It, it kind of because everybody knows they had the beef and everything, yeah. and and they went at each other's throats mm-hmm. for a while, and they're cool now and everything. But it was uh, it still kind of felt like that. Jay Z yeah. was kind of like. Nah, it's gonna try to show out. <laughs> Ill Mag, you think he's the best album of all time? Well, I'm gonna show my shit to fight too, right? It's like that's what I kind of felt like. But. Yeah. Now the uh, <laughs> that's why I'm like that's why I'm a little curious about uh, Eminem set, even Beyonce set too. Like for the surprise guests, like people yeah. are saying Beyonce might bring out the other members of Destiny Child. That's I've heard that rumor. Might bring out Jay Z. Yeah. That wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, yeah. And then like Eminem, like who knows who he can. Especially because they're doing an on the run tour too now. So I feel like that Coachella performance by her is probably going to be the lead into that tour, yeah, right? Kind of like uh, what happened with Kendrick Lamar last year. Mm-hmm. Like he kicked off his tour at Coachella. Exactly, exactly. I I remember last year Coachella, like, because I went weekend one, so the album mm-hmm. literally dropped that same Friday. Yeah, I remember. So like every like and trying to listen to yeah, it. Like, like, <laughs> I was like, I remember I was like trying to listen to every song, so at least I knew like right. at least how to hum along right. when the songs came out. Yeah. Why so, God? Why God? Do I gotta struggle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that was that was a trip because I had to like listen like in advance. Like, all right, the album drop. And like, I remember that same weekend, the Star Wars trailer dropped. So I was just like, <laughs> I'm like watching Star Wars and I'm like watching, listening to Kendrick oh, and like shit. Damn, craziness, hype yeah. everywhere. Hype everywhere. Kung Fu Kenny. Kung Fu Kenny. Man, dude, the dude uh, went from a Reebok contract to an, a Nike contract yeah. <laughs> off one album, right? He's like split that. He just started wearing the court. He's Cortez Kenny now, right? Yeah, Cortez. Kenny. <laughs> but uh, dude, I remember um, Outkast. They did the same thing though when mm-hmm. they did the reunion tour. Mm-hmm. They did Coachella as their first stop. Oh yeah, that's right. And I was so lucky to be able to like first time seeing them perform as a group in like a decade or something like that it was crazy i actually met somebody that was in the crowd that was there the last time they actually performed as a group yeah they performed in like some club in new york city or something Mm -hmm. like that or like atlanta i can't remember the guy was like yeah i was there at that show and then they freaking stopped performing right (laughs) afterwards so i had to show up to this one and which was cool but it was disappointing because I saw Andre 3000 was not into it. Yeah, because if I remember, like, they were both, like, doing their own thing and then, like, they only came together for, like, one or two songs or something like that, right? It wasn't necessarily that. More so, because they started off and it was just, like, them doing the old school outcast shit, which mm-hmm. I was fucking loving. You know, like, the fucking Spodioli Dopalicious type yeah. shit. You know, like that. I still era. don't know how to pronounce that, right? I just, I let <laughs> others say it for me. <laughs> Like that, that's too much of a tongue twister for me. Oh, you just gotta say it like I like I tell everybody. You find something that like you don't know how to pronounce. This is someone from like has done commentary how to pronounce like crazy ass <laughs> names and shit like and I didn't even know how to pronounce. Yeah, you just gotta say it with confidence and quickly. <laughs> <laughs> like if you fuck it up, then whatever they like, can correct you, whatever. But like if 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 you're like somewhat on the fence and you sound like spooty uli dopoli, you know, like you say it like that versus like spooty dopoli. No one's gonna question you for that unless they really know. So like, sure, sure. <laughs> that's how I got by pronouncing all these like <laughs> Eastern European basketball players and shit. Exactly. It's like, can I buy a vowel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the fuck? Yeah, man. I'm I'm really on the fence though this year if I'm gonna be going. I really wanna go. Um but I, um, I don't know if it's in the if it's in the books. 
because I don't know if I can afford it, and then I don't know if I want to be able to try to take all that time off of work and everything yeah, too. It's a thir- well, well, Thursday at late at night, and then Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, and then you definitely need that Monday. Gotta Friday. have that Monday off, definitely. Gotta have that Monday off. I've tried to do it without it and failed. <laughs> yeah. uh, hard, real hard. Uh, the other thing too is I got this ticket to the show that's like a weekend or hold on. I guess it's after the second weekend. It's the next one okay. after we're so stagecoach weekend, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, this is like uh, I think you'd be hype uh, checking this lineup. Smokers Club Festival. I'm not oh. sure if you had the chance to check it out. I remember seeing the lineup? I don't remember. I don't remember the full lineup. Dude, exactly. check out this lineup, man. Kid Cudi. Yeah, that's... Wiz Khalifa's gonna be playing Cushion OJ. Like, Mac Miller's gonna be there. There you go. Schoolboy Q. Schoolboy Q. Isaiah Rashad. Isaiah Rashad. Earl. Yup. Flapper yeah. Zombies. Uh, Currency. Currency. GCJ. Uh, Who else is on there? This crew. S-O-B-R-B-E. A really dope. They're a, a new crew out of uh, Vallejo up in the Bay. Okay. They were on the Black Panther soundtrack. They have oh. a song on there. Okay. Um, so they're blowing up. They're getting big. They have a big song called Anti that came out like uh, last year, two years ago. Yeah. Um, You're going to be going to this? I am. I bought my ticket. Oh, okay. Like, it was like 170 for two days. Okay. Yeah, this is on the Queen Mary. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, Queen Mary is always throwing like some random shit. Right. Like, random but like low-key dope shit. Right. Yeah. Like Dom Kennedy's going to be there. I'm hyped off this dude Jid. Uh, yeah, J I D Jid. He's he's got some. He's he's got this song called Never. That's mm-hmm. like really fucking good, and sure. uh, his his album was really good too. Like, I listened to it like at the end of the year too. Mm-hmm. But that song Never is really fucking dope. It like the beat switches up in the middle of it, and you just feel like um, it makes me feel like. Uh, assaulting somebody or something. <laughs> it's like one of those like, like oh shit I need to punch somebody in the face right now like, <laughs> like you're just like oh fuck like it's one of those type of okay, okay but he's a real lyrical rapper though and I think he's like from Florida and he, he's got a pretty unique like flow and like voice okay J-I-D uh, yeah yeah I think Jin is what he goes by um, let me see who else is on this uh, oh Snow the Product uh, she's like uh, um it's like Mexican chick, whatever. Okay. He's a rapper. Uh, ASAP 12 He's mm. pretty cool. He had a an album that came out too last year. He's got a song called Last Year Being Broke. That's good. And then on the ASAP Mob album that came out afterwards, they have a song called First Year Being Rich. <laughs> and it's like the same, it's like the similar, they took the same sample and they kind of changed it up a little bit different. But it's like the same similar beat. But it's just like you play back to back. It's just like it's like ah, oh, it's my fucking motivation right here, baby. <laughs> it's my last year being broke. <laughs> and then and then the next one goes. It's like my last year being broke. This my first year being rich. It's my first year being rich. It's my first year being rich. And it sounds way better with the beat. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to this show, which is gonna be pretty damn fun. I'm trying to get more people to go, but everybody else is like just not not feeling it. I'm trying to because I just bought my cross ticket. Oh, you going? You're gonna go to cross also? Yeah. I'll probably see you there. Yeah. Because I'm trying to go to it's, see that. It's a I'm, fun. It's I'm a gonna fun festival. Not go to Coachella and try to do a lot more smaller stuff like that. I yeah. Think. I think that's gonna be my. Yeah, yeah. Because I think this is gonna be my last Coachella. Mm, okay. Because like it's like like I said, you have to take so much time off. And, 
Yeah, it's a hassle, man. It is. It really is. And yeah, I feel like like with with cross, it's like Saturday, Sunday, but like Sunday it ends at ten. Mm-hmm. So if you're re- if you're respon if you want to be responsible, you can just like just go home back to LA right. right away. Yeah, one night, right? Yeah, you could drive uh, Saturday in the morning, get there, party all day, go to the hotel at night. Oh, you didn't even have to go to the hotel. You can just go. Well, I mean, obviously you do go to the hotel, but you can. There's always after parties. True. I guess if you could, you you could go like a full weekend bender if you really wanted to, yeah. like and pull a picture that way. I've uh, had some old coworkers used to tell me they would do the same thing in Vegas, mm-hmm. like um, to save on an extra hotel night. They would. Uh, what is it? Get there like super late at Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Just party all the way through the night. Into the next day during the day, right? Okay, so like you get to Saturday class. day. No, so you go Saturday day, uh-huh. and then you, um, what was it? You pass out during the day, right? And yeah. then you go out Saturday night, and then once it gets to Sunday, you just check out, and then you party during the day there, and then you oh. can go home. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, so it's only so you're there Friday you night, Saturday day. night, and Sunday, but you only pay for the sun, Saturday night. So that's kind of how they they, flat, they finessed it a little bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's a uh, that's a little tricky. That's your phone one, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, like uh, like if you yeah, like if for cross, if you want to go hard, you can you can go hard. Like my mm. buddy, he because like we were coming down from LA, obviously, we mm. went to San Diego. We got there Saturday for cross. He we party all day Saturday, and then Saturday night, mm. he he ends up getting a ticket to. A warehouse uh, techno show in downtown LA. Oh fuck! So, right? So like, co- like cross ends at like eleven, uh-huh. eleven thirty. He's on a he's like riding with a group of friends, like a group of people, uh-huh. all the way to downtown LA so warehouse like party. Ninety that a, minutes or how, two hours? Probably or? like in probably like an hour, maybe ninety minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that you book it yeah, too. There's nobody it. on tra- yeah. traffic there. So yeah, one thirty to like like five o'clock in the morning Oof. drive back down here Oof. drive back down to san diego he maybe sleeps for like five hours because we let him because <laughs> like, whatever oh, and then, yeah shit. sunday night then he goes to another after party on sunday night and then we just go home Monday oh morning. my god dude that's insane i'm like bro like how are you how are you functional right now i can't function off of like that little sleep yeah. and going that hard because right. you know he's probably well, drugged up too, yeah, anything too so yeah i'm not gonna say names but yeah he yeah. was drugged up for sure yeah we probably shouldn't but yeah definitely a little a little booger sugar will get you through the <laughs> night for sure it'll help at least like yeah. my body i don't know if i don't just respond to cocaine like that man because yeah. like my body like i'll keep going but then my body's like shut up fucker go to bed go to fucking bed i can feel it inside of you just like what are you doing bro fucking it up you fucking it up for later, man. Oh boy, yeah. Oh, we'll see what happens. I do want to go to Cross though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I'm. I may or may not try and get a hotel this week, this year, because mm. before I had other arrangements, but this year I don't. So. Gotcha, gotcha. I'd have to ask around. I have an aunt that lives down there, but she just had. She literally just had, gave birth to a uh, mm. baby boy. Um, yeah, you want you don't want to be waking her up at night. And they have like a two year old also too. Mm. So, uh, shout out to my aunt 
Patty, I uh, hope you're doing well down there in San Diego, and uh, I hope you've come up with a name for your child yet. Uh, name it Mario what? <laughs> <laughs> nah, don't do that, don't do that. Um, she had a couple names in mind, but I don't think they've given the, the, the kid a name yet. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least last time I checked, and that was like maybe yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. Cause she's she had the kid like a few days ago, like oh, over the okay. weekend. So congratulations! Yeah, yeah. So congrats to Patty, uh, to my aunt Patty. And congrats to her husband, uh, Harrison, as well. To the Lynn family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they live down there, and then I have uh, another like second cousin uh, who lives down there too. But I haven't I haven't kicked her there in a while, um, and I feel I feel kind of sketchy just me asking just to, to stay. <laughs> uh, I do I would like to kick it with her though. I need to hit a hitch up. Uh, Zaida, if you hear this, say what's up. <laughs> um, so I potentially could have some options like that, but uh, yeah, it probably, probably might, might be a little, little find, tough. Find mm-hmm. Yeah, find my own place. Yeah, there's some good food out there. Like I told you, like there's that carnitas, like that carnitas place down there, mm-hmm. and then there's like that Mexican, like surf and turf taco place in downtown Long- mm-hmm. or in downtown San Diego. That's it's like it's like maybe four seventy five for the taco, but it has like shrimp and steak on it and oh. avocado oh goodness oh, that was that was an amazing taco oh god that sounds amazing one of the best asada tacos I've ever had hands wow. down so it crossed they, they do two fest they do spring and then they do fall, fall right yeah, they don't have the fall lineup yet right no but they already started selling pre-sale tickets how much are those tickets going for then? Um, well, it was alumni pre-sale, so like it's only it was only available to people who've gone before. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's why my friend was telling me he got access to tickets. Yeah, he's telling me like two hundred or something. I think mm, that's more like well, for mine was like one thirty, oh, but like without shit. it, it's probably gonna be like one fifty, one sixty. Still not too bad. Yeah, two week, and like the good thing about it is it's twenty one and up. Mm, so you don't have yeah. to worry about like drinking your beer in a res- like reserved area. You can just right. walk around with a beer. That is dope. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm probably I'll, I'll say I'm probably going at this point because another friend of mine, my, my my homie Alan, shout out to you, Alan Miller. Uh, he um he went in the spring. Oh, okay. And that was the first time he had gone, and he was like, "Dude, this is like super legit. I want to go." Yeah, right. And my friend Will and my friend Sully, they both have gone. I think the last two years. And they say similar things, just like good, good vibe, and it's it's a lot more relaxed than some of the other craziness. And mm-hmm. the type of artist that you'll see there too is also a good, um, a good vibe. Yeah, and it's a good How time. Techno, that's the big names are usually pretty good. Right, it's nothing super abrasive like a fucking big house artist, big room house artist, or something. Yeah, no, it's nothing like that. It's not a Mark Valenzuela type of. Film. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely more chill vibes and like it's like, it's like like a tropical house almost. Right. That, that techno, that deep techno too. Once it gets to sunset, that's like the cool vibe in San Diego. I feel like mm-hmm. that'd be cool. Is this like in downtown right there? Right. It's right by the waterfront. Like mm. I don't know if you know where the administrative administrative building is. Is that where like, like you know where those like old wooden ships are? Mm-hmm. It's like right there. Dope. It's the park right there. So it's like right north of where the convention center is at then? Yeah, pretty much. Cool, cool, cool. I know exactly where that's at. Yeah. So like Petco Park is south of that area too. Yeah. Also, the Petco Park is a really dope ballpark. I don't know if you've seen a baseball game there, but it's, re- it's really it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I was wanting to go to a baseball game down there, but I never had the chance. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, 
Shit, maybe in the fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go down on Friday night or something. Probably, yeah. That might not be too bad, but uh, it's a uh, San Diego is a cool town. I could definitely see myself living in San Diego. Dude, same. Yeah. Like I, I know people who moved from San Diego to over like LA. I'm like, why? It was like, go back to San Diego, dude. Like, right? I'll go with you. Shit. Couple reasons. It's like, it's like, why? Like, why did you leave that? But like, why did you come here? Yeah. <laughs> Stop. We got enough people. Man. Yeah, man. Like, we gotta get our own security for LA. Man, craziness. Eight million people living here. How many? How many people? Too many. Too many. This is too many to count. Man, you got all the ice raids. It's probably like a million less now. Yeah. Just because people are scared as, as hell. Sad, sad, sad. Um, but yeah, San Diego's San Diego's dope. The one thing I'm kind of like uh, standoffish about San Diego a bit is like it's just it, there's a huge military presence there. Oh yeah. And there's a very bad history with the Navy and Mexican people oh. <laughs> in Southern California. I don't know if you know about the Zoot Suit riots and all that. That Ooh, whole yeah, I remember reading about that. I never really dug too deep into it. So that was the Navy. Yeah, the the Cliff Notes version. Uh, there were drunk Navy members, and there had been some tension between Mexican people and the, the, the Zoot Suiters in particular, yeah. and some of the, the, the people in the Navy. And the they think they got drunk all the, like in one night. They came out and they decided to just go out and attack all like the Zoot Suiters, and they just went raped, pillaged, and like destroyed a lot of properties and like uh, the east side of town things like that and there was uh it was like a legit legit um like scary situation for like mm-hmm. those people there and people were just getting like uh um terrorized terrorized pretty much yeah. exactly exactly like, yeah it is what it is that's basically terrorism pretty much yeah, yeah. it was uh and it made like a lot of people obviously become a lot more reserved and so like the chicano community at the time was not really like prominent and like out there and i think this was uh also going around the same time that the dodgers were moving into la and Mm. they basically took over um chavez ravine uh from what used to be like a really poor community which was like mostly just uh you know yeah latino mexicans that lived and worked there and so they used imminent domain and they just took control of the whole property and basically spot put the ballpark right there and they demolished like a lot of the the small little homes and stuff that they had and it just ruined a lot of people and for a long time there was like from what i've heard and what i've seen because there's a good documentary like espn 30 for 30 on fernando valenzuela okay i'll have to check that one out yeah that on that one they talk about this whole the whole history before then mm-hmm. because there was a long stretch where like the the people who are mexican in la didn't fuck with the dodgers necessarily because they associated it with that yeah until fernando came around and then he kind of flipped a lot of people and he got them on their side i guess um, he definitely did <laughs> till this day man till this day i would too man if i was here at the time I, I don't blame nobody, man. That dude was dope. Yeah. <laughs> dude was, was lefty, man. Just throwing them curveballs. Oh, boy. Let me see. Um, yeah, I guess before we're off the show, before we kind of wrap this thing up, because we're already, damn, over two and a half hours deep. We're at 2.45 right now, man. It's just, damn. We've been, we've been running through topics. It just blew by. I, like, I can't yeah. believe it. It's just, this thing happened so quickly, man. Uh, you want to, you know, 
plug yourself. You got any shout outs? Anybody else? What? Have, any, anything coming up in the near future? Or uh, shout outs? More like just waiting for good news to happen. Once good news happens, I'll probably be back on the show with more plugs. Right a lot, now, a lot of prayers, a lot of prayers right now. Yeah, just hoping on a prayer right now, but. Pretty soon, my Instagram will be more active once that happens. I'll plug that in for you guys. There you go. Yeah. Where can the people find you? Tune in next time I'm here and I'll let you guys know. Oh, shit. Okay. We'll give it to you. It's a little suspense. We got the cliffhanger, baby. Next time, we'll talk a little bit more about World Cup. We'll do a little preview on that. Right. That's right. We didn't even get to talk about EPL. EPL. Yeah. Uh, Because, yeah, that was one of the things we wanted to to, to talk about. Man, we didn't even thinking. (laughs) All right. Quick, quick, uh, quick take. What do you think about this season so far? EPL? There's EPL champions. It's like European soccer, world soccer. Because there's there's like other shit going on too outside of that. Hot take? Well, not really a hot take, but I think Real Madrid will just pull it back out. I mean, dude, I think think they might too. I mean, they're, they're. They're not that good in the league, but once they're in the Champions League, like they dominate. They know how to dominate in Champions League, so I'll give mm-hmm. them that. It's like their veteran guys have just like they know when to focus and kind of turn it on. Exactly. It's like they know their gas tank and they can't give it all during the league, but like every other week or whatever it is, they, they every Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is, <laughs> they freaking put it together, man. They do. Yeah, EPL going crazy. EPL going crazy, but they're still struggling in Champions League. What? That is always the biggest conundrum to me, man. Yeah. How the the British, the Europe, the freaking English English teams, uh, they just they never never play well, man. Not since Man U made the final, right? Like against Barcelona, what was that like twenty? 20- By- Barcelona or was it Bayern? Um, hmm. I feel like I remember Messi playing against Chicharito. Hmm. In one of the Champions League finals, but you know what? We have the internet. That's yeah, why. Because that. I feel like it, I feel like it was Byron, or might have been Byron that who they beat the last time. Yeah, like their last yeah. victory was against Byron. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, Manchester United. Oh, I think they played. I had, both of them came up. Here we go. Two thousand eight Champions League is when. I remember that year. Yeah. Does that sound right? Does that sound right? Um, Cause they haven't. Here we go. List of league finals. There you go. Okay. The European and the Champions League. Let's go. Started in 1956. Damn, this goes a long time. For that type of competition, that's a long time for mm-hmm. sure. So let's see here. We Spain, had Spain, Spain, Spain. 2010. Yeah, it was Barcelona. Oh, it was Barcelona. Oh, good. Right. I'm good. Yeah. Their bad last victory though. Their last victory was the last. They lost to Chelsea, right? I feel like Chelsea was the last team to win, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, so. to this one because yeah. and shootouts. Yeah, that was, that was yeah. a disappointing year. Man, you Chelsea. That was the year that they had um, freaking Fernando Torres, and he was like kind of playing better than he did but he was just like had a really horrible time with Chelsea man <laughs> yeah. that was like probably his best little stretch is like when they went on that Champions League run and Drogba was playing really fucking good too that season Drogba was so dope man he was he was fucking legend oh my god <laughs> unreal man like I don't have very many many memories before then though yeah. 98 was that really the last time Manchester United won Dude, I think it is. Shit. Liverpool won in 04 with Gerrard, and they had that mm-hmm. miracle. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, 
I never watched it, but I've seen that. I've seen what happened. It was like pretty fucking crazy, right? Um, yeah, was that that man you where Fergie brought in someone and they they scored right at the end? Was it was that the the, the final? I think yeah, like the start of Fergie time. Yeah. Yeah, man, a dude, motherfucker, going like this and tapping <laughs> at his wrist with the watch, and it's like that dude's crazy. That dude's a miss legend. Miss Fergie. Oh, I would too, man. Definitely will. Um. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think it sucks that Juve got Real like as their matchup, and I think Barcelona's got like the easiest like route right now because they're Bayern. Bayern's Sevilla. got the easiest route, I think. Who's playing Sevilla? Bayern. I think. Bayern playing Sevilla. Yeah. And Barca's playing who then? No, no. Bayern is playing uh, Besiktas. Be, 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 Besiktas. Besiktas. Yeah. The Turkish team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got an easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sevilla's, I think. They're okay. They got they got talent. They got Ben Benyetter and they got uh, Banega. I mean, they beat Manchester United. They yeah, very true, very true, man. God damn it, <laughs> Mourinho, man, just can't get out of his own way sometimes. Seriously, he's just like he handcuffs his own team so often, man. It's like frustrating to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sevilla, dude. Uh, Banega is like my favorite funny like name. <laughs> that they pronounce in FIFA when it was uh, uh, back when they had uh, Enrique Bermudez do like the, the commentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. every time he'd touch the ball, it'd be Banega, Banega, <laughs> Banega. And I'm like, you, you're like, what did he say? You say my nigga? What did he say? What is it? <laughs> and so, like, for the longest time, like, it was a running joke between some of my friends and shit like that. Every time. Yeah. I, I, always, I always found Banega funny too because, like, whenever they did his. Uh... His player model, they'd always give him like the fucking biggest ears ever. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, why? Like, you don't have to exaggerate it that much. Like, I know. Damn. Hey, it's funny, man. It's like a caricature of him. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and you're right. Bayern does have Sevilla. Okay. And Barcelona has Roma. Oh, uh, Roma's a good team, though. Roma's yeah. a good team. Um, it sucks too that Liverpool is playing City. Yeah, also because now like, both the the freaking EPL teams are gonna yeah, not at least cool. one. Yeah, at least only one will advance. And I like both of those teams the way they attack too. It's fun yeah. to watch, man. It's like uh, Liverpool is a rock and roll football. They call it or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like get that motherfucker and just go. <laughs> you know, set that shit up, and we got three fucking speedsters already to just attack, man. Yeah. Those dudes are crazy good, man. Yeah, I just w- I wish like Liverpool would have gone up against uh, Real Madrid. Like that would have mm. been a good matchup. Yeah, or if they would have played like uh, Bayern or someone like mm. that, that would have really tested the metal to see like you know if you guys are legit like yeah. compete with the big boys here. Instead, they have to play another English team. Right, it's just, which it'll be good matchups. It's just like like if you watch EPL or if you watch like any other English clubs like you've already mm. seen this matchup before right exactly and we've seen Liverpool win too so yeah. it's still gonna be a toss up I I feel like but yeah it'll be a toss up but like it's like you just want different things right yeah it's not why you watch champions to see the same shit right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah we'll see we'll, we'll talk some World Cup next time we're on here though definitely um yeah, oh, and one, one last thing, too, was it the Liga MX and the whole oh, uh, yeah. MLS, like, they have a new um, agreement, they got a new partnership or whatever that they're doing, I think it might have some, like, advertising tied into it, but I know one of the coolest things that they said was that there's going to be, like, uh, um, kind of like a Champions League type 
uh, matchup between the champion and the MLS, the MLS Cup, and the Campeón de Campeones, like, Torneo, I think, that they do at the okay. end of the season. I think, like I was telling you before the show, yeah. they have, because in Mexico, if people are not familiar, they have two seasons, actually, within a whole, like, normal calendar season for, like, other, other leagues for, for world soccer, world football. Uh, they have the Apertura, which is like the opening season, and the, the Clausura, which is the closing season. And so you have the champion for each of those seasons, but at the same time, you have two. You have a cup for the opening, and you have a cup for the closing as well. So potentially, you could have four different teams winning throughout the year. And then what you, they do is they pit them in a little small tournament, and then those two, and those four teams make two, and those two teams make one. And whoever it comes out of that little tournament, they play the MLS team. Okay. I, that's how I think. That's how I think that I heard it on ESPN or somewhere like that. Yeah, I think that's how they heard it explained. But that'd be dope. I just wish the MLS Cup would or MLS would do something similar. Yeah, like there's way too many teams right now. MLS is they're yeah. I think they take too many cues from like the NFL and the NBA versus how they should do it with the other football leagues in the world mm-hmm. uh, and see how they do it. But it's they they want to try to do this American model and they're gonna to try to make this like square peg and a round hole type situation. Yeah. So. Especially yeah. yeah, it's gonna be hard to watch like just to try and see how they actually if they're gonna fix it or not because mm. especially with the U.S. not going to the World Cup this year. Definitely, it's kind of like uh, you know major uh, shocks to the system, or at least it should be. It definitely should be. We've got manager out. You got the president of the USA Soccer, Sumil Gulati's out. Um, I think they had the... Uh, didn't they appoint somebody new already? I'm not sure. I, I, like, mm. To be honest, I kind of I stopped following it. Yeah. I stopped after, following it. After, yeah, they after dropped that out. whole debacle, I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take a break from from the men's team and I'm going to focus on the women's team because they're winners. They are winners, man. They don't get enough love, I think, man. They don't. They're... That women's team is fucking nasty, man. They're really dope. It's like there's only two or, two or three other teams that compete with them, really, every year. Mm-hmm. Germany has a good team. Brazil has good players. Sometimes not a good team, though. And then Japan always has a solid team, too. Those always seem to be like some of the, the tougher competitions. Yeah. I think it's funny that like Team Mexico, every time they play, like 90% of the chicks are from like California or like <laughs> yeah. Texas or New Mexico. Like, Yeah, I remember like that. <laughs> There's like a friend of a friend that I knew on Facebook for a long time that mm. I actually never really met. I don't know. I actually don't even remember how I met her, like how I had her added. Right. But she's she plays for the Nash for the women's national team of Mexico. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Like a lot of like the collegiate soccer players, like yeah. they'll they'll go play over there because like they dual citizenship. Dual yeah. citizenship. Their parents are are like that. If I was ever good enough at soccer, I could have done that, but n- <laughs> never was or basketball or any other sport. I've always thought about that too. I was like, man, I should take up some of these, one of these crazy, stupid like Winter Olympic like sports and just like just dedicate myself to be the best Mexican at doing it, and then just represent them, and then just go. When I, when I was doing rugby, I had the same thought. Like maybe I can like just maybe I can just like show up to the rugby team. Like hey, like What's I'm good? American. Yeah. Like, I know I know rugby shit. I know. That's how I felt. Like man, if I'm good enough at basketball, play with the Mexican team, like, <laughs> compete for them, that'd be cool. But yeah, not not we're good enough. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they did get a new president, hmm. Carlos Cordero. 
Um, but I don't know if they'll ever do promotion relegation. I think that's probably what's going to hold them back a lot. Yeah. It's too much of a risk for the smaller market teams. True. But, I mean, they can just go like the freaking Columbus crew anyway and still end up just, you know, folding regardless. So That's true. It's, uh, it's a weird thing. But shout out to LAFC, though. Yeah. They got, uh, they're doing their, their thing. Will Ferrell. Mia Hamm. Will Ferrell, Mia Hamm. Nomar Garcia Parra. Who else is a part of that uh, crew? Yeah, it's a new uh, team here in LA. They seem like they got a pretty good amount of support. Got a good amount of support, but that jersey is ugly, dude. It's just jersey. all black. Well, all, all black, white. but then like that red YouTube logo is just so jarring. The YouTube TV. YouTube TV logo, yeah. Yeah, I'm I've kind of given up on like trying to be picky about like the the the, the brand the, the branding logos. Yeah, I can be picky about the rest of the design of the uniform because <laughs> it's just super blah. It's just yeah. like you could have came up with a lot cooler design and implemented it, even if only your, your colors are gonna be black and white. Mm-hmm. They still could have came up with something better, better looking. And they have gold in their their crest and everything too, and they don't utilize it. I don't think enough. Yeah. In their uh, their uniform, but um, and if, if they yeah. if they had more time to design their uh, uniform, they could have done a Black Panther one. Yeah, Black man. Panther LAFC jersey would have been sick. That would have been crazy. Yeah, they're two and zero right now in the MLS. Yeah, and they won five one. Uh, this uh, not this past weekend, but the one before. And they don't play until the thirty first. I think that's the that's our home opener too, against the Galaxy. Oh no, no, is it that is that their home opener? Let's check it out. Uh, let's see, at the stub. No, this was at no, the StubHub. That's a StubHub. I think their home opener is Atlanta. Yeah. No wait. No, that's at Atlanta. Is it in Atlanta? I just remember like yeah, Mercedes Benz Stadium. Yeah, that's a dope stadium. Yeah, that stadium looks ridiculous. It's one of those Toronto teams. Rio Tinto Stadium. Uh, Toronto? You sure it was No, a... I think it's the Sounders. The Sounders is their home opener. This one right here? Bank of California Stadium. Yep. They'll play there. So they're playing in... They're going to do... Yeah, they're going to do a trip up to Canada. Go play in Vancouver. Go play in Montreal. Montreal. And then homecoming, Seattle Sounders. That should be a dump. I wish I could get tickets for that one. Yeah. See the new stadium. Uh, April 29th, I'm going to be on the, the Long Beach. I'm going to be in the Queen Mary. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to be at that concert. I just looked at that right now. I was like, <laughs> shit. I, would, I do want to go see the, like, them play at some point because that new Bank of California stadium was really sick, actually. It'd be easy because all, all you would have to do is just take the Silver Line through the Harbor Gateway and then just take the Silver Line to downtown. Mm, like the Silver Line. Yeah, I could do that. Um... Silver Line's the one that goes north and south, right? Like yeah. to Long Beach? Well, no, it goes... Or is that it, the... It goes... Because I, I noticed right here you have the Silver Line stop. Oh. That one can take you all the way to the Harbor Gateway Transit Center, which is like... Oh, for the bus station. I'm thinking yeah. of the Metro station. Oh, stops. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then from there, you can just take the Silver Line down to downtown. That's true. Could do that. Uh, the drive isn't too bad either, because it's just 110 north yeah. all the way. Um, I mean, that's like a weekend, so... True, true, true. Traffic on the weekend is never... Never pretty. You can get a little boozy on the bus. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Remember that one time we went to Camp Vlogna? We took the bus. 
Did we take the bus to get there? Yeah. I can't remember that part. I do remember going to Camp Flat yeah. now for sure. I think I remember. We, I think we took the bus because we didn't want to park there, so we ended up taking the bus and we just walked. That sounds about right. Yeah. Because I think we took an Uber back after the show. Yeah, yeah, we took an Uber to the bus station, then we took the, <laughs> then we just went up there. Because remember. Yeah, 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 I remember. It's been a long time, man. Yeah, that was that was a that was like my first vlog now. I think. I think I shit. I think I've been to two of them, or mm-hmm. I've been to one. Who performed that year that we were playing? Uh, was it Mac Miller there? Yeah, I think so. Was yes. Snoop Dogg there? Yeah, I want to say yes. Was Action Bronson there? He's always there. That's true. He is always there. Fuck. Um, was Mr. Carmack there that year? Don't remember. I think Rick Ross was there. I think I'm like blending two years yeah. together. Uh, yeah, at some point I feel like <laughs> yeah. this could be either year right now. I'm not sure. Yeah. One of the years I remember fucking Haji Beats was on there. He went on a tirade and I was like, <laughs> I was walking past the stage as he was doing it. Man, fuck Tyler. Fuck all that. Fuck it. I was like, whoa, where did this all come from? I'm like, damn. And then he's like not part of the crew anymore and all that mm. stuff now. And he blacked out his fucking Haji tattoo like on his chest a couple damn. years ago. I remember he did, when I saw that, I was like, ooh, this shit's serious, man. So I don't know what's going on with him, but hopefully everything's cool. Yeah. I don't, don't wish no ill will on anybody. But, um, dude, LA Transit, the craziest time I did that was uh, uh, for Hard Summer when it was still here in LA City, oh, yeah. when they were doing it in Chinatown. Yeah. With the ticket, it used to be a free Metro Pass, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. So we took it from like Inglewood all the way out to like uh, to Chinatown one time with my friends, uh, my buddy Will and a couple other friends that we had in town. I think Mark actually was probably with us there too, mm-hmm. but it was crazy because we were walking up to like to the to the metro right, yeah. and we're in like the we're about to sit down in like this the, the car, and as soon as I did that, I realized I left my wallet in the car, and I was like, oh crap, I gotta get my wallet. So immediately I just like take off and book it i'm sprinting down <laughs> sprinting 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 go down the stairs go into the parking lot and all in one motion take out my car key unlock the car grab the door handle open the door handle grab my wallet uh take my wallet shut the door lock the car pivot turn around start sprinting back going two stairs each just like <laughs> sprinting up the stairs as i sprint up the stairs like not wasting a, a, a single beat uh, my last stride, I get into the car and the door's shut, like right uh, there. And I fucking made it. And I was panting like for the next like <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah. And everybody who was on the train was like, damn, you made it. Oh, shit. <laughs> and we were a little drunk too yeah. and stuff like that. So. <laughs> shit. That's some, damn, that's some marathon, like you saying bullshit right there. It was insane. It didn't, it felt like 10 seconds. It was like. <laughs> But it was like, we'll be leaving soon. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man. That was fun. That was a fun time. Hmm. I wish they would do that more often, though, yeah. that you have public transportation. Shit, man. They always got to make it tough to get anywhere around here. Yeah. LA. Hopefully with the Olympics, they'll fix the transit system at least a little bit. I will give them credit because they have been building the metro outline out a yeah. lot more than it has been in the past. You can take it out of Santa Monica, which is cool. And but there's a lot of gaps in between places you can't get to, um, and I know the people of Westwood are fighting like tooth and nail to make sure that that the red line doesn't get all the way out there mm. to UCLA. Uh, it's a lot of NIMBY type like mentality, yeah. you know. 
we can get into that all that shit yeah. like that'll be next world cup NBA <laughs> shit metro rail yeah we'll talk about different shit but uh yeah we'll uh we'll, we'll wrap it up we're over three hours we're, we're like mr 305 <laughs> uh all the way live um but yeah so we're three hour five minutes into it and shit so this has been the puro caballero show signing off alongside my homie miguel talavera this is your host morada mario caballero tune in for another episode coming soon uh remember follow on a soundcloud as well as uh, at soundcloud.com backslash the Puro Caballero show or I'm on Google Play Music Stitcher and TuneIn Radio coming soon to iTunes them fuckers are stalling on my ass <laughs> so yeah coming soon but any event I'm out later peace